Oh, the podcast. <laughs> Leave it to you to be all nasty. Well, I didn't know what you were talking about. I could have been talking about anything. <clears throat> anything. And you had to go there. What are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm starting off with Roscata wine. Sweet red. And I am drinking a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Thank you very much. I have two um, two big giant cans here, and then I'm going to break out the wine before too long. See, I'm going the opposite way. I'm going the wine first, and then I'm going to my uh, Cayman Jacks. Oh, okay. Or, or Dos Equis, whatever. Mixing it up a little bit. I expect us to be fully trashed by the end of this podcast because... If everything goes like we want it to go, this is going to be an extra long podcast because we didn't get to do one last night because we just both got too home got home too late and it just took too long to get to groceries and everything. But right. we've got you know some stuff we want to talk about tonight, so we're just gonna just see how long it takes us. Well, we were planning on doing a completely non-political podcast tonight, right? And we were going to do a political based one last night right and that's what we didn't get to so what i what how it's kind of planning is we're going to start off with the political we're going to try to we've got a lot of stuff to talk about we're going to try to keep that this has been an eventful week we're going to try to keep it close to an hour yeah and then after that we're going to go back into our date night our date night fun time podcast you've reached the chaise lounge so if you don't want to listen to the political part of it which i don't blame if you don't Skip forward about an hour, and you should be just about there. 45 minutes-ish, something like that. I've got a page of stuff that I want to talk about, because this has been like a super eventful week in politics. Holy crap. Yeah. Has, has a bunch of stuff happened. Like, Monday, George Santos got arrested. And then, like, on Tuesday... Got out on bond, got and out, then they took his passport so he couldn't leave the country. Right, and we're going to go more into that. And then on Tuesday... Um, Trump got found liable in the E. Jean Carroll case and got ordered to pay $5 million. And then on Wednesday, he had a town hall. And then we've just had just thing after thing after thing. Haven't This has been like the best week. This has just been just so much meat to it. <laughs> I've been watching the news and listening to the news like, you know, just like this, this couldn't, this couldn't get any better. It really couldn't. Florida's um, in shambles right now. Florida's absolutely in shambles. In fact, let's start there. Let's let's start with let's Florida. Start with I just finished off that first bowl of wine. Yeah, well, I've already, I'm I'm just about to finish off my first can of Mike's Hard, um, but Mike's Hard what? Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, I don't know if Mike's Hard, but I know Mike's Hard Lemonade. I think I'd be. You don't know Mike. I I don't know Mike. <coughs> Mike could be. I know one. I, I know one Mike, and he passed away earlier this year. That was uh, your cousin, your cousin's dad. Yeah. So that's like the only Mike I can think of that I know. <laughs> that's awful. Well, no, because he he was Mike too. They're both Michael. Oh, is it hot in here? Yep. That's uh, gonna make so much noise. That's okay though. Cool. All right. So let let's start off, and and I want I don't want it to just be talking about politics and that's and everything and, and nothing else. And so if we can kind of intersperse this with some lighter stuff as we go, let's do that. Because, because in amongst all of the, you know, the good stuff that's happened this week, we've also had a lot of crap that's happened this week. 
you know, a lot of transgender bills have been passed. A lot of, you know, anti-LGBT stuff has been passed. DeSantis seems insistent on destroying the state of Florida before he leaves. Um, which he... Okay, so let, let's start there. So he... Uh, DeSantis signed a bill into law that makes it a felony to be undocumented in Florida. So before, if you were undocumented in Florida or, or really anywhere else in the country, it's basically, it's, it's a misdemeanor. It, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a minor crime. You know, you get a slap on the wrist. You get deported sometimes if you get caught. Sometimes you get to ask for asylum. You know, there, there's ways that you can go from being undocumented and in trouble to being undocumented and on a pathway to citizenship. Now, it takes for freaking ever. It's expensive as hell. Um, our immigration policies in this country are just absolutely asinine because it takes like 10 years to legally immigrate which is stupid. Um, and it take what is it, like $50,000, I think, by the time it's all said and done with, that you have to pay to get in? Unless you come in on some special visa, like freaking uh, Melania Trump came in on an Einstein visa, which makes no fucking sense because she's useless. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. Somebody said she speaks five languages. I'd like evidence of her speaking one. Just one, just one language would be fine because I haven't heard her speak one language. She sort of speaks English. She spoke pretty good English when she read uh, Michelle Obama's speech. <laughs> that may have been the best English she could speak. Yeah, I mean, she, she read her speech pretty good. <laughs> that was so damn funny. It's like, come on. You didn't even change it a little to make it look like it was your word. You just took it word for word. <laughs> See, that's what I swear. There has got to be people behind the scenes doing this shit that are wanting Tim, wanting these people to look like idiots. There has to be. There has to be somebody trolling them. Because nobody's serious would let that go slip by. And I guarantee you, you know, do you remember um do you remember when Trump held up the 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 gay pride flag and it said gays for Trump and it was written across it in Sharpie and it was upside down. It was upside down. Because the purple was on the top. Guaranteed he wrote that himself because no self-respecting gay man would have anywhere near Trump and do something that wrong. I don't see how anybody in that community or woman could be a Trump supporter. Well, I don't get it. No self-respect. I, I guarantee you that Trump doesn't have any close gay people around him because when he showed up at, what was it, the uh, the Queen's, the, that dinner that he had, like that state dinner he had at the Queen's place, that outfit that he was wearing was so bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, like the waistcoat didn't fit and the coat didn't fit. And I'm thinking, this man does not have any gay stylists because they don't know how to dress him. If he had one gay man on his styling team, they would have dressed him better than this. Yeah. He looks like a fucking toddler wearing daddy's clothes. I mean, he, he looks so stupid. Is that stupid. the time when he went out there looking like he was wearing his... Everybody thought he had his pants on backwards? No, no, no. no. That was a completely different time. Oh. <laughs> different time. Okay. Well, the reason that he looked like he had his pants on backwards is because his diaper was full. That is probably true. Yeah. I mean, the man shits himself and he wears Depends. And it's, but anyway, that's that's a whole other now, thing. Now, granted, I'm not going to make fun of him that because maybe he has a medical condition. And that's fine. No, his medical condition is he has ingested far too much cocaine. That gives you the runs. Well, cocaine gives you the runs. According to Noel Kassler, who I follow on Twitter, 
cocaine and Adderall will give you the runs. And that's why he shits himself because he, and if you, if you look at Trump, when he's in front of lights and in front of cameras, his pupils are fucking huge and they should not be because he's in front of all these lights and his pupils should be real small because he's in front of the lights, right? Yeah. But his pupils are gigantic, which means he is just coked out of his gourd every time he's up in front of people. On Adderall, I or, mean that would explain why he says some of the stupidest shit you ever heard of anybody saying in their in their life. Well, I think he's senile. I think he's got I mean, like brain he said, problems. For millions of years, stars like him have been able to just go oh, up and grab people. Holy shit balls! I'm sorry that just threw us off. Of uh, our oldest child is. is yeah, is a pretty good painter. I mean, very good at doing stuff like that. And he has painted me a Deadpool on like a little, probably what was that, about an 8 by 10 maybe? Yeah, an 8 by 10 canvas. canvas. And then, then did another one of uh, kind of like a Spider-Man, Spider-Man mixed with something else. I can't tell. Um, it's Spider-Man and Deadpool. Yeah. And then well, I have half, half Spider-Man. And half I have Deadpool. a lot of uh, Punisher mag- uh, comic books up on my wall. And I asked him, I said, hey, if you can get me a Punisher symbol painted, I'd like to put it up with those. It would look perfect. Just a dark background and the, and the Punisher symbol. And he just brought it in here, and holy shit. I didn't expect I honestly didn't expect him to do that good on it. <laughs> it looks really good. That looks fucking badass. Yeah, it does. It really does. I didn't think he was going to do it already. And I, and I will pay you. I, I even told him I'd pay him for his artwork. Well, yeah, we believe in paying artists. Because that was work, and I commissioned him to do that, and so I'm going to pay him for his work. You need to pay him for the other two that you haven't paid him for. Yep. Yep. I will pay him for that, because that is we need to come fan-fucking-tastic. Up, we need to come up with a with a dollar amount per picture. Yeah. And and pay him as Yeah, an then we'll come in here one day, and there'll be a stack of, like, 200 paintings. All right, there you go. <laughs> Like, well, we didn't commission those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's hanging up. Oh, that looks so good. Speaking of the Punisher. Oh, that is so you know how, fucking cool. You know how the cops like to use the Punisher symbol as... Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, the cops like to use the Punisher symbol as their thing, right? Well, in Marvel, it is in Marvel canon. That, here it is right here. Yeah, go ahead and read that. It says, the Punisher's distinctive skull logo is frequently used by law enforcement and the military despite Marvel's best efforts to stop it. Frank Castle also disapproves. Um, After spotting a skull sticker on a patrol car, he removed it and threatened violent reprisal, telling the cops, you boys need a better road model. His name is Captain America and he'd be happy to have you. Yeah, the Punisher wants nothing to do with cops or military. Because the cops in the military were responsible for his family getting killed because it was all a big conspiracy. So he wants nothing to do with those guys. And it cracks me up. Like, one of the one of the freaking um, police officers at Uvalde that was standing outside of the, the room when those kids were being killed had a, a, a Punisher symbol on his phone background. They have it on camera. Which is just absolutely sick. Hang on, let me let me top back up here. What? I did, and I ate one of your pickles. Can you do me a favor though? 
I got another one of these in the fridge. Did you bring it to me? <laughs> that bottle of wine is gone. That's okay, though. Well, there, okay. It's on the middle shelf, I think. So when we down in the back, when we got so rudely interrupted, we were talking about Trump. And that was that not rudely interrupted. That was <laughs> the perfect interruption. That was an awesome ever, interruption. That is such a cool picture. That that is that, that looks so good hanging up there with the other two. That looks so good. You have no idea. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, so what are you? Ten? Twenty? What? We'll say ten bucks a picture. All right. <laughs> so I owe him thirty so ten, bucks. Ten bucks a picture. So thirty bucks. Wait. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking into that bottle of screw top wine. You need to get that in front of the can, in front of the the microphone, and do that. Really, really, really sell it. Well, that sounds like pee. <laughs> this is the weirdest podcast we've done. <laughs> so we were talking about Trump and the fact that he shits his diapers and he's on Adderall all the time, um, but. Let, let's let's just let's just go into into his week this his week. diarrhea of the mouth his diarrhea of the mouth so he has been in court well he he himself has not been into court because he has refused to go to court but there was a trial um brought on by Eugene Carroll um where he was being sued for sexual assault or, well he was being sued for rape sexual battery yes. and defamation right Okay, now defamation in this country is really, really hard to prove. There is a huge high bar that you have to clear in order to prove defamation. Okay, uh, but Trump can't keep his fucking mouth shut, and he has been going around talking shit about E. Jean Carroll and about how stupid she is. And I've never met this woman, but if I had met her, she would be stupid. And blah 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 blah. So he's just talking about that, and he chose not to go to court but he sent his lawyer there the lawyer chose not to have any witnesses in his defense at all um and so um the here do this here you go the the lawyer uh, uh Takapino Joey Takapino which is like the most Italian name ever um, anyway, he chose not to have any witnesses in the defense, and he closed the case. Well, while he was, while Trump was in uh, Scotland, or I think he was in Scotland, opening up a um, new um, golf course. Sorry, I'm losing my words today. Okay. He was opening up a new golf course, and he was kicking that off. And um, wait, who was opening the golf course? Trump. Oh, okay. Trump was opening the golf course, and. Um, Takapino closed the case while he was over in Scotland. Well, the case got closed on Friday, right? Or, or Thursday. And they had to do jury instructions on Friday. Well, on Friday or Saturday, Trump told everybody he had to leave Scotland quickly so he could go back and defend himself against this nasty woman who would dare say things against him. That he knowing never met. That he never met. Knowing that the case had already been closed. So there was no point in him going back because there was no more testimony to be had, right? Right. The judge said, okay, you want to play? You've got till Sunday to come in here and testify. I'll give you till Sunday at 5 o'clock if you want to reopen your case. You, we've, got, we've got time. We were going to do jury instructions on, on, on a Monday, but we, I, I got the time this week. 
So if you want to come in and testify, you can testify. Well, Trump got caught with his pants down and decided not to testify. So they did jury instructions on Monday. The jury went into deliberation on Monday and Tuesday. On Tuesday, they came back with a verdict. I mean, like quick. Quick. I mean, super quick they came back with a verdict. And the verdict was guilty of sexual battery, not guilty of rape, guilty of defamation. And go ahead and tell people why he was found not guilty on the rape charges. Well, not liable. Not li- I don't want to say guilty because it was a civil trial. So you're not guilty in a civil trial. You're either liable or not liable. But why he wasn't? The reason he was not found liable for rape is because on the stand, E. Jean Carroll says she wasn't sure if he had his penis in beside her because it was too small Yeah, she couldn't for really, her to be able to tell. She couldn't feel it if it was in there or not. She said, I really don't know. And so she said that under oath, so the, ju- so the jury had to go ahead and find her. So okay, the tiny so- hands theory might actually hold true. Well, according to what Stormy Daniels has also said, he has a little mushroom penis that is so tiny that nobody can barely feel it. So, yeah, uh, we've got two women coming out saying he's got a teeny weeny, which I bet makes him feel just awesome every time people mention it. (laughs) Tiny hands, tiny hands. Tiny hands. (laughs) But, but yeah, so he was found liable on uh, two out of three counts. And the jury awarded E. Jean Carroll a little over $5 million in damages for various things. Well, it's not like that fucktard's going to pay it. No, he, he never pays his bill, so he's probably not going to pay this one either. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that happened on Tuesday. On Wednesday, he was on CNN for a town hall, excuse me, a town hall meeting, which was less of a town hall and more of a Trump rally because all the people that were there were either Trump supporters or they were Republican-leaning independents, which means they were all Republicans there. And they were all instructed that they would be removed if they booed him once. Yes. They were not allowed to boo him on anything he said. So CNN is trying to be Fox News light. CNN is owned by a Republican now. They bought, they bought CNN uh, late last year. Um, or mid, midway through last year, it doesn't matter. But it was a Republican um, billionaire who bought CNN, and he's trying to turn it into Fox News Light. Because Fox News is lo- losing some of the shine because Tucker Carlson is not there anymore. Yay! Well, that, and they're being a little bit more careful about what they put on the air, too. Because of the because of the billion-dollar suit. Yeah, they're having to be real careful. Because I know one of the shows the other day, they had this guy on there... Talking about the whole Biden crime family and their their resource for their information, they got it off the internet. Mm-hmm. That's where they got their information. Well, you know, if it's on the internet, it must be true. And they called him out. They called this guy out on it. The, the Fox hosts did several. Mm-hmm. They were like, "But there's no proof in that. That's just hearsay stuff." You know they're they're not like going all on board like it with it like they have been for the last few years. Well, I think maybe because the behind the scenes stuff got leaked as far as none of the hosts buy into what Trump says. Maria Bartiromo, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, all these guys think that Trump is a is a user, he's he's a he's a dumbass, and they think he is ruining the country. 
But they can't come out and say that because Rupert Murdoch won't let them. Well, because that's what they're... That's not what their That's listeners the and watchers want to see and hear. Right. And it's all about ratings and making money for Rupert. Yep. And making money for the shareholders. So they have to do what they have to do, even if they don't believe it. And I had wondered for a long time if some, like, okay, like, uh, for, for years, I wondered if Rush Limbaugh was an act. Probably. For years, I wondered that. Because he's got, he's got this brand but he was always very quiet about his private life. He never endorsed presidential candidates until Trump came along. He, like, he never endorsed anybody like that. He would talk about certain people, but he never actually came out and said, I, Rush Limbaugh, am endorsing this person until Trump. So it made me wonder, huh? Not right now. Can, can you give us a minute? But, but give us a, we're going to go um, to some commercials in a minute, and you can use it then. Yeah, we're going to pause for a second and listen to our sponsors. And we're back. <laughs> but, um, so, I, I'd wondered if some of this was an act because it did. It just didn't seem like something that could be maintained for that long. Because Rush is not a stupid person. Um, I just think he is a... Was. Was a... It was, a, it was an act. It was a show. It, yeah, he's it a, a, he's a, a showman. It was a persona. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh was a persona. And um, and I don't think the real Rush Limbaugh actually thought the way that the Rush Limbaugh on the radio thought. I, I just don't. And and it's the same way with it. We, we found out that it's the same way with Tucker. It's the same way with these guys behind the scenes on Fox News. They don't actually believe the bullshit they're spewing. Clearly. But the fact is they're spewing it and people who listen to them believe them, which makes them very dangerous. Yep. So... I'm glad that Tucker's not on the air anymore. That's been that's been beautiful. It's been a beautiful thing. I'm so happy. And uh, Rachel Maddow is now the number one slot in that. Well, I heard that Tucker supposedly has a uh, a lawyer, and they're going to try to sue Fox for unlawful termination or something. They didn't terminate him. They just. Told him he wasn't going to be on the air anymore. They were going to ride out his contract for the next three years and keep him quiet for the next three years. You didn't? Did you know about that? No. Yeah. So he wasn't terminated. He was just taken off the air. Uh-huh. And they were going to let him sit at home and not say anything and keep his fucking mouth shut because he couldn't open his mouth because of the contract for the next three years. And they were just going to go ahead and pay him to sit at home and be useless. So it wasn't a breach of contract. He's going to lose that case. And also, Fox News has better lawyers than what he's got. So I'm sure they do. Yeah, they're going to lose that case. Uh, Now, they don't have good lawyers as Dominion had, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) 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 And I can't wait to see the Smartmatic thing because that's going to be funny. Oh, my gosh. That's that's going to be great. Yeah, because they're getting to use a lot of the stuff that was in the other case... From Dominion on theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And and so they, they we, we get to beat this dead horse more than once. <laughs> yup. <laughs> that poor horse. <laughs> that horse is getting a whooping. <laughs> you feel better now? A little bit. Okay. Um, 
So anyway, uh, what, what were we talking about? I've completely lost Trump my train of thought here. Yeah, Trump and his bullshit. So he was found liable in the E. Jean Carroll case. He's got to pay her $5 million. I'm sure he's going to appeal it, but he's going to lose on Oh, he already is appealing it. Yeah, but he's going to lose on his appeal. I mean, it's just... it's. And he's talking more, talk more shit about her. So at the town hall, after the day after he was found liable for defaming her, what does that motherfucker do? Tell me. I don't know. He goes out there and fucking defames her again. All through the stupid fucking town hall meeting. So, E. Jean Carroll and her lawyer are talking about possibly suing him again. Which he's going to lose. Again. again. (laughs) He don't care if he loses because it's not like he's going to fucking pay the money that he's required to pay. Yeah, absolutely. So what does it matter to him? He don't care. Also, he confessed to another crime at the town hall. Did you know that? Yes, we talked about that. I don't remember what it was. Oh, about the uh, classified documents, about how he admitted that he let other people look at them. Yes. (laughs) Fucking idiot. He admitted that he took them. He admitted it was in plain sight. He admitted, he said that, oh, well, I declassified them so it was fine, but he didn't go through the process. You can't just declassify them with your mind by thinking at them real hard. Like, there's a process you have to go through to declassify documents, and he had stuff that it was not possible to declassify even by a president. And he was showing it to people. He he said he had the right to do it as president. He, He had the right to do it. And so... You know, I, I was telling you, I was telling you the other day. I was like, you know, I really think that the reason that Jack Smith has not indicted him on federal charges yet is because he keeps confessing to more crimes, and they just keep tacking those on to the indictments. And it's like, well, when are we when are we going to get to a to a good finishing point where we could just indict him for all these crimes that he's committed? Yeah, they're probably to? those lawyers and their. What are the people that help the lawyers called? Uh, their, like their legal assistants. Legal and, assistants and stuff. They're yeah. probably all sitting there saying, okay, we got this all set, ready to go. Oh, motherfucker. He just says something else again. <laughs> <sighs> all right, let's go back to the drawing. Let's go back to the meeting room and figure out how we're going to get all this in here now. It's like, if he would just shut up for long enough, we could go ahead and file our case. But no, he keeps adding to it. <laughs> God, he's an idiot. Good thing, though, on uh, politics, there was, I, I'm assuming I, I'm, the, like the House and the Senate in North Carolina. Yeah, I've got that on my list, uh, too. Passed an abortion ban. Yes. Through both houses. And they sent it to the governor to be signed. Now, I don't know if their governor is Republican or Democrat. I think he's a Republican. But he vetoed it. Yeah. He said, no, that's not right. We're not doing it. I veto it. And I don't believe they have <clears throat> the votes. No, they do. To override the veto. They do. They have a supermajority. And the, the only reason they have a supermajority is because, what's her name? Trisha Cotham, who ran as a Democrat, got elected as a Democrat, said all the right things to be elected as a Democrat in this district that she's running from. As soon as she got elected, switched her party affiliation to Republican, started voting with the Republicans, and gave them a supermajority. Oh. So, so she should have had to be removed. She needs to be sued for fraud. Yeah. Because she took money from the DNC to run for that seat 
and she absolutely needs to be brought up on charges for fraud. Yeah. And they need to sue her for um, dereliction of, I, I don't know, dereliction of duty, um, false promises. Um, like, what, what, what could you possibly be sued for in something like that? Lying? Can you be sued for lying? I don't think you'd be sued for lying. But I think it would be misinter- mis- misrepresentation. Yeah. Is that the word I'm thinking of? Yeah, misrepresentation. Because with the fact that she changed so soon... It, I don't think it'd be that hard to prove the fraud because it's like it happened right away. So that was obviously her plan all along. Well, she said all the right things to get elected. Like yeah. all the right things. And then it's like as soon as her butt hit that seat, she's like, oh, I'm a Republican now. Yeah. I'm a Republican now. Without giving a reason why she was changing parties. She just said, oh, I'm a Republican now. See, I think in a situation like that would be... Okay, great. Well, you're out of the seat because we, we, we elected a Democrat, so you can go home and we'll pick somebody else to pick your to fill your spot. Yeah. I think the whole switching party affiliations once you're elected is, is should not be allowed. I agree. But Kirsten Cinema did the same thing. She's an independent now. And the reason that she switched her party affiliation is because she knew she was going to be primaried. Mm-hmm. And if she's she can't be primaried as an independent. Because there's nobody to primary her. But what she's going to do is she's going to split the Democratic vote. And she's going to cause a Republican to be elected for that seat. Yeah. So she's going to get what she wants, which is a Republican in that seat. It's just not going to be her. Right. Which is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. If you you portray yourself a certain way to the voters and they vote based on your good faith um, interpretation of how you are... You should you should be made to stick to that somehow. I mean, because how would the Republicans like it if we all ran as Republicans and then got got in there and switched our party affiliation to Democrats? They would they would lose their fucking minds. They'd immediately put in a law to where you couldn't do that anymore. That's exactly what they do. That's exactly what they do. And then whenever they needed somebody to do it, then they would reverse that law. Yeah. Like the one that they're reversing for DeSantis now in Florida. Yeah, they. Uh, you remember I told you uh, a month or so ago that uh, they were going to change the law that allowed that uh, prevented a sitting governor from running for president if he had more than two years on his term left over when he would be elected president, which means that DeSantis would not be eligible to run for 2024. Unless he stepped down from his governor seat. Exactly. But they just changed the law. Before they got out of their legislative session, they changed the law to allow him to run to, for uh, governor, or run for president. But his campaign has been going so poorly that he just may just call it quits. Yeah. Because it turns out, <laughs> it turns out that Ron DeSantis is a supremely unlikable person. <laughs> you think? Nobody fucking likes him. He goes out there and he talks to people and they're like, ew. <laughs> You're awful. And speaking of the speaking of well, the because he's skull fucking that state. He absolutely. So let's let's go into what he's doing at that with that state. Okay, he is he has picked a fight with Disney. Getting his ass kicked by a mouse. He's getting his ass kicked by a mouse. He has picked a fight with undocumented workers, and he is now getting his ass kicked in the agriculture and service industry. Yeah, because all these undocumented workers that were there. To do all this construction work, this, these roofing companies, building these construction companies, 
the the ones out there picking the strawberries, strawberries and different fruits and stuff that they come out of Florida. There's nobody there working this shit right now. Because white people don't want to do it. They don't, yeah. The jobs don't pay enough. And white people are too good to do those jobs. Yeah. But he made it a felony to be undocumented in Florida. He made it a felony to have an undocumented work, a non undocumented person in your house, an undocumented person in your car. Um, if you are with an undocumented person and you don't turn them into the authorities, it's a felony. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. And so that that law doesn't go into effect until July. But all the undocumented workers and all the undocumented people in Florida are like, "Fuck you, we're out." And we're getting out now. And you, if you look on if you look on Hispanic TikTok. Or, or just regular TikTok, even. Yeah. Um, the people are showing just empty job sites, empty fields, just empty reservations to Disney are down. Reservations for these gigantic hotels are down. Um, reservations for these conference centers. People come in from literally all over the world to some of these conference centers in Florida. That's a that's a mecca for people going to to these conferences, right? Yep. They can't take the risk that their people are considered undocumented in the state of Florida. So they're just fucking canceling this thing outright. There are people in the service industry on TikTok right now going, "This is fucking scary. We have never seen anything like this." People are canceling their stuff left and right. He is going to crater the tourism industry in Florida, which is what Eighty percent of their GDP, at least. I mean, and and not only that, he's made it uninhabitable for um, undocumented people, which do all the work. He's also made it uninhabitable for LGBTQ people. He's made it uninhabitable for people who are trans, and, and he made it illegal. Some fucking how made it illegal to fundraise. To get money to move out of the state. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he managed to pull that shit off. But there, there was a, a lady I was watching on TikTok today. She said, she said, we don't know what we're going to do. It is illegal for me to raise money, but I don't have the money to get out of the state. And my kid is trans. They are going to take my kid from me. Yep. She's terrified. She's absolutely terrified that the governor is just going to come to her house and take her kid away. And, and she'll have no legal recourse. And she is not allowed to, to start a GoFundMe to get that kid out of the state. I mean, Florida has made it possible for you to legally kidnap kids from other states. Let's say you have a divorce situation where the families are not, are, 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 it's, it's a contentious divorce, okay? One of the family members, one of the people in the divorce can move to Florida, take up residence in Florida. And Florida has made it legal to where that parent can just say, hey, that kid over in that other state, Texas or Alabama or New York or wherever he is, that kid's getting transgender care. And Florida will go extradite that kid and legally kidnap them from their parent because they're getting care. See, I even don't if see it's how just a suspicion. Because even if like, okay, they can go over there and do that. But I'm sorry, I think that the other state, I think that might be a little far-fetched. So because the like say like if they come to Arkansas for for instance to come get this kid, Arkansas is gonna have to say yes yes you're right yeah you no you can't do that 
You're absolutely right. There, you can go fuck off. There will have to be a state that says it's okay to extradite the kid. However, think about how many states are supporting this transgender ban. Oh, I know. Arkansas, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, all of these southern states are supporting this. They will not be sanctuary states for these kids. Now, New York, California, Minnesota, they're going to tell Florida to go fuck off. In fact, Minnesota has already said Florida can fuck off. Yeah. Anybody comes trying to extradite one of our citizens, we'll stop you at the border. You're not coming in. You know, I mean, it's it's just, but but other states that are also passing their own transgender bans, they're going to absolutely cooperate with this. They're going to send in sheriffs. They're going to send in whoever to take these kids away and kidnap them. And then they're going to take these kids away from a loving parent and stick them in a system that is not prepared for them. Because not only is DeSantis working on taking kids away from their families, he has not expanded the foster care system. He's not doing anything to help foster families in there. He's going to throw kids into situations where they're going to get abused. They're going to get starved. They're going to get beaten. They're going to get horrifying treatment. Oh my God, it's all about protecting the kids. It's all about protecting the kids. It, it, I, I just, I just want to go on record. It's not about protecting the kids. It's about control. Like our dumbass governor here, fucking Fuckabee Sanders. Fuckabee Sanders. You know, you had these businesses. You know, because there are, there is a, such a thing as child labor laws. Uh, you know, can't hire children under sixteen. Uh, if it's a, if it's considered any type of dangerous job. Which would be like factory type work. Um, you can't hire children that are under the age of eighteen. There were, and that's a big law. And what some of these states are doing now, and of course Sarah Sanders did it, mm-hmm. that instead of reprimanding these businesses that were violating this law and violating the law that says, okay. But you can't not work these 16- and 18-year-old children's all night long because they're still going to school. Instead of reprimanding these businesses, they just made it... She just signed a bill into law to where what these businesses were doing is now legal. They can do it now. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So they could have some... 14, 16-year-old kid or whatever working out over at one of the poultry plants on night shift till 2 o'clock in the morning and then that kid has to go to school the next morning. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly legal. And it's now legal. Now, they were already doing shit like this. They were just They doing got it caught legally. doing shit yeah. like this. But instead of being reprimanded and fine, they just made it what they were doing legal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And- so, Sarah Sanders... Fuck you, you horrible ass cunt. Yes. I, I hope I you die in uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Yes. I hope a meteor hits your house in Minecraft. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you follow the money in that situation, you'll find out that she's got lobbyists from, for example, I'm. Mm, I probably don't need to mention names, do I? No. Um, so, poultry plants in Arkansas have lobbyists who are going to Fuckabee Sanders 
and offering her money in order to make this legal. So I think if you follow the money, you will find out why she did what she did. Because she is probably one of the most corrupt people that has ever been in that chair, aside from her dad. Yeah. Her dad was what, Mike Huckabee? Mike Huckabee. He thinks he's a comedian, but he's actually a dumbass. I I don't understand why it is that right-wing people are just not funny, but they're just not funny. Um, They... Comedy is about sticking it to the man. Comedy is about punching upwards. Comedy is about making fun of people who have power over you because that's the whole point of comedy. Conservatives tend to punch down and they make fun of people who don't have power. And they think that's funny. When it's not, it's bullying. And that's the type of jokes, quote unquote, that Mike Huckabee makes it's all punching down. It's all making fun of people. It's all, and you can make fun of people. There's, there's artful ways of making fun of people where you're not punching down, but he doesn't seem to understand that. And and anyway, I fucking hate this fucking governor. I hope the governor's mansion burns down. (laughs) I didn't have anything to do with it. If it burns down. Okay. It was not me. That Molotov cocktail does not have my fingerprints on it, okay? Because I, I wouldn't be smart enough to wear gloves. Anyway, um, in Minecraft. Um, anyway, George Santos got arrested and is out on bond. <laughs> yeah. So George Santos got arrested. <laughs> he got arrested for like, what was it? Like 15 counts of like wire fraud, money laundering, and stealing from the government and lying. And <laughs> Do you know what his defense was? This was the best. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I want to know this. This is the best. He didn't deny that he did anything. He said, I just don't understand how they could possibly have charged me after four months. That seems really quick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was like his whole defense. I'm going to clear my name. It just seems really fishy that they would have charged me after only four months. <laughs> See, this is another one of those classic situations to where somebody just tried to push it too far. He was getting away with shit, but then he goes and runs for office again, gets elected, and then he gets put on the spotlight. Yeah. If he had just backed off after losing the last one, he could still be doing what he was he doing. He could be grifting left and right. He, the fucking dumbass, the dumbass, during COVID, was employed making over $100,000 a year and applied for unemployment during COVID and took $30,000 from the government in unemployment funds. And they, they, they got him for that. They got him for that. They got him for laundering money through his super PACs. He, what was the deal? Uh, you probably know more about it than I did. Cause I just kind of blatantly, I just heard bits of it. Has something to do with like animals or puppies? Like he was. They didn't even charge him for this one. They didn't even charge him for this one. He set up a GoFundMe for a vet, a homeless vet, because his dog needed care. His dog needed a tumor removed or needed and to be put down. Yeah, so he set up a GoFundMe for this poor guy, this homeless guy, and then just didn't give the guy the money. Just, just, just didn't, didn't, didn't give it to him, and the dog died. 
Well, see, well, I know one thing they got into because you know how a lot of times when you make payments to something, <laughs> you know they they track if they're over a certain amount. Right. Like two hundred dollars or something is like the cutoff. Right. Well, they went through some financial records, and one of the things they got him on. I mean, unless the prices of what he supposedly got from this place never changed over the few years, and he everything was the exact same price, they found that he made several, several payments to one place that was $199. Was he making payments or was he getting donations in that amount? No, they said that he was like spending money supposedly at these... Oh, that's how he, he was didn't funneling, have to have a receipt. That's how he was funneling his money through there because he was doing it $199 at a time. It wasn't it like a hundred ninety nine ninety nine. But that that has something to do with the puppies too, is what I'm saying. There was something to do with puppies, not just this on. guy here with the dog. Let me find. But this. it was something that he was making payments. Now, unless I was just listening to it, just half ass. I don't know. It may not be with the puppies. Maybe something. Oh, here else. we go. But it was like he was making hundred ninety nine dollar payments over and over to the same place, and that's how he was funneling his money away, his money through it. Without having to show proof of what he was using the money for. Okay, so the puppies was a different... That that was something separate. The puppies was a completely different thing. Okay, okay. Okay, so um, Representative George Santos was charged with theft in Pennsylvania's Amish country in 2017 after a series of bad checks were written in his name to dog breeders. Um, just days after $15,125 in checks were made out for, quote, puppies, according to the memo there it is. line... Yeah. Santos held an adoption event at Stanton Island pet, pet Store with his animal rescue charity Friends and Pets United, according to the store's Instagram account, blah, blah, blah. The charge was dismissed, and his record was expunged after Santos claimed someone had stolen his, te- his checkbook. This man has lies upon lies upon lies upon lies upon lies. So he also... This is, this is interesting... Did you know somebody was doing a documentary on him? No. Yes. So. <laughs> well, that's got to be a fucking roller coaster ride. In the documentary that has come forth. So the documentary was never made. And the reason it was never made is because George Santos wanted too much money to be included in the documentary. And they're like, fuck you. We're not paying that. <laughs> so they scrapped the documentary. But lots of footage and lots of stuff still remains from that documentary and the guy's like slowly releasing it just because it's funny oh, as hell God. so um he was mocking you know how he called himself jewish well jewish there you go he said he was jew ish <laughs> he was making fun of the jewish people that are in his district <laughs> so when i say affecting a jewish accent do you know what i'm talking about yes that's what he was doing. He was mocking the Jewish accent and using Yiddish words and making fun of the people in his district who were Jewish and saying they were worthless. And well, that's he sure all pretended the... to be one of them when he wanted their votes Ooh, and their money. Oh, yes, he did. Um, that's why one of the things he's getting up on is... That's what's, so I was thinking how it kind of goes back to the other lady that switched her party affiliation. She should be put up for fraud. He's getting hammered for fraud. Yeah. Yeah, because he lied to his voters. About who he was, where he came from. I mean, he's in trouble in Brazil for hot checks. 
they might have dismissed that case. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think they're going to extradite him to Brazil. No, they're not. But that case is kind of on hold right now until they see what the U.S. Justice Department is going to do with him because they have got, they're going to eat his lunch. They are absolutely. And Kevin McCarthy. There's friends of his coming out saying that he was married to a woman in Brazil. Yes. But that, that he never hung out with her because the whole time he was quote unquote married to this woman, he was living with a boyfriend. It was a green card marriage. Yeah. He married her so she could get her green card. That's what it was. And that is fraud. You can't fucking do that. And so if they catch him in a green card marriage, they're going to send him to jail for that shit. But yeah, he's <laughs> out on $500,000 in bond. He pled not guilty to to everything they got him for. I think it was 15 counts of like wire fraud and. But they took his passport, so he can't <laughs> legally leave the country. Now, okay, so that brings up another. That's sad question. if you think about it too, because how many times in the past has there been a sitting a sitting U.S. congressman that has been so much trouble that had his or her or their passport take it away i want to know if is this the first if they took george santos passport away why have they not taken trump's maybe there's something i mean they won't do to a former president i I, well see he's he gets special treatment you and you know he gets special treatment because he wasn't booked he wasn't fingerprinted he wasn't any of that stuff when they indicted him in New York. Like, none of that stuff happened. He was allowed to come to court, plead not guilty, and leave. Right? So, that was special treatment right there. But we know that Trump is a flight risk. We know because because he went to fucking Scotland, like, the next week after all that shit went down. Scotland is what? One plane ride away from fucking Russia? He could go to Russia and we'd never see him again. Because well, his buddy that, Putin would hide him. And that would be okay. Yeah, you know what? I'd be fine with that. I really would. But I don't think Trump knows how to keep his mouth shut long enough to stay in Russia. I think he would come back because he thinks he's just hot shit. Maybe while he was there, he would play Minecraft and a Ukrainian something other in Minecraft would find him and... Like maybe a drone or something? And cause him to... Uh, Use one of his respawns in Minecraft. So it's not against the law <laughs> to wish bad things upon people. It's against the law to say that you will do something to somebody. So I'm not going to wish that anything be done to him. But it's not against the law to wish bad things upon people. So I'm going to put it on record that I hope that the next time he's eating a Big Mac, it catches up to him. And maybe his arteries slam shut. And maybe his heart just quits beating. Like, 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 like mine with that. Like, you know, just... I mean, it could even yeah. be a natural disaster. Yeah. yeah. He could be just, out on his golf course and... And a tsunami. And a backstroke lightning pops his ass. Oh. Ooh. Tsunami, that reminds me. We may need to watch a movie. <laughs> Is that zombie... Zombie tsunami? Zombie tsunami. Oh, my God. We may have to... It's like Sharknado, but it's like zombie tsunami. We need to watch Oh, speaking of Sharknado, you know the whole cocaine bear thing, right? Cocaine bear was such a fun movie. You know they're doing another 
you know, they're adding on to it now, kind of like with the Sharknado, they're being stupid with all this shit. They're doing a cocaine shark. A cocaine shark. I saw it on, t- on something that is going to be a cocaine shark. So the shark eats some cocaine and becomes mega shark. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know the full plot behind the story. <laughs> Maybe it was a, a boat carrying cocaine and they somebody got hurt. The shark went to investigate. Maybe it was somebody that was being a drug mule. And the shark ate them and then in turn ate the cocaine and then went on this weird I'm gonna watch all tirade or something. I don't know. I'm gonna watch all of the cocaine animals. I'm just like I'm gonna do it. It was so much fun watching Cocaine Bear. Cocaine ferret coming to a theater near you. I would be scared of a cocaine ferret. <laughs> Especially ours. Because she eats toes. Because ours are already fucking nuts. <laughs> One of them is. One of them How is far very are we into sweet. it right now? So we are 52 minutes. We need to talk. To, we need to uh, go. We need to have a break for some sponsors. And we're back. Okay. No, um, we need to have a break for some sponsors, and um, I will be uh, right back. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> I know for you guys that didn't seem like it was much, but <laughs> one day we'll have sponsors. <laughs> yeah, right. But now I feel better. But we don't do this and for now, that. We do this because we enjoy doing it. We do. And this is so much fun. <laughs> and we've had so much fun talking oh, talking about... Well, I don't know if this has been fun talking about Trump, but it's been fun talking about what we would like to have happen to I Trump. I mean, it's just with all of them. You know, like, like, like they're even looking into financial records and stuff right now, supposedly, of Marjorie Green. Yeah. Because she was had an estimated worth of like maybe a million dollars when she got into Congress. I think it was a little more than that because she's... Like 1.2, 1.4, something like that. She's she's a Nepo baby. She inherited a lot of money. But now, just in these few years she's been there, her net worth is like 40 million. Yeah. That's insane. How do you get that rich? When she's Uh, talking about how they don't get paid enough for what they do. mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, sweetheart, where are you getting all your money from? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, is Trump paying you every time you get up on a stage and caress the ball sack of his cardboard cutout? That's so gross. I can't believe she did that. Hold on. Sorry, one of the dogs was doing something disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, so, but but you, honestly, and credit to where it's due, they shouldn't just be asking those questions about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because all those fuckers, when they get into Congress, suddenly become really wealthy. Yeah, and and that's whether you got a D or an R. Yeah, that's on both sides. The day happens on both sides. Because the same thing happened to Big time. fucking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's worth a lot of money now. And she was a fucking bartender who couldn't afford rent in Washington, D.C. when she got elected. Now, I think you said once before that a lot of this, they'll come from, they get money for speaking engagements. And books. Some Which of them are books. I think is horse shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you make your money off books, fine. But speaking engagements, <clears throat> you're an elected official. Anywhere they want you to speak, you fucking go and you're speaking. Your 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 ass is talking for free, bitch. Mm-hmm. Unless you're out of currently out of office. Now, if you're well, yeah, currently if you're out, out of, of office, office, yeah, that's you, different. You charge what you want. Do like the Clintons and charge two hundred thousand dollars for appearances or whatever. Right, but if you are in an elected, currently in an elected position, 
You should mm-mm. bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. I hundred percent agree. I, you should not be profiting off your seat in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Now, here's here's an interesting piece of bipartisan legislation that's been coming down the pike. And believe it or not, it is sponsored by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Would you like to guess who the other person is? No. Matt Gates. Okay. The two of them are working together to make it illegal for sitting members of Congress to trade on the stock market. Oh, nice. 100% behind that. 100%. Yeah. You got my vote, buddy. Like, fucking a million. <laughs> I mean... Fucking a million. Fucking a million. Kevlar head to toe. I'm sorry. We're laughing about a comedy oh, no, routine. This is fair, but... <laughs> <laughs> got a drone. A... See, now that's something you need to hook up and play because that is one of the funniest comedy sets sits shits uh sets sets yeah okay sorry the wine's hitting me let me (laughs) our second half of the podcast is gonna be good it's gonna be fucking lit (laughs) that that, that was a good comedy skit there you go a skit not scat to be confused with that okay here i've got it animal poop don't you need to plug it to your phone huh Yes, I'm going to... Hold on a second. Okay. And just to give you a quick little thing, it's about these NRA guys that think that they can stand up to a military or a tyrannical government with their AR-15s. Okay, now I think this is the correct one. This is Neil Brennan. Let me see the picture. I can tell you. Yes, but he's got him. several comedy routines. All right. I'm not sure if this is the correct one, but we're going to see if this is the correct one. So let me um, turn everything up here so we can hear it. So why'd you turn it off? I didn't. I turned it on. When the light's off, it's on? So that's the mute button. Oh, so I took it off mute. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so now you should be able to hear it. We'll, we'll see when we listen back to it. So the conservative argument I can hear my is that guns are written in the Constitution because the Founding Fathers thought... If all the citizens have guns, then the government will have to do what they say, or else the people will rise up and fight the government, right? Which is a legitimately great idea in the 1700s. But <laughs> the problem is there's still people now hoarding weapons, thinking that at some point they may need to take on the American military, and they think they have a shot, right? <laughs> look, maybe they're right, which is why I'm proposing we test their theory and once a year have a head-to-head showdown. <laughs> yes. Say a, a hundred members of the NRA versus, I don't know, two members of the military. <laughs> Broadcast it on Fox Christmas Day. Like, Merry Christmas and welcome to the 2022 NRA military showdown. Let's go down to the field of battle, meet one of our NRA combatants. Sir, what's your name? What kind of weapon do you work with? And he's like, my name's Andy, Andy Baker. Baker. And I got an AR-15 wearing Kevlar head to toe. Andy, how confident are you scale of one to ten? Fucking a million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna check in with the military real quick, and they cut to one guy by himself in a bunker, and he's like, uh, my name's Staff Sergeant Jeremiah Walker. And they're like, Jeremiah, what kind of weapon you work with? And he's like, look, I don't know if this is fair, but I'm working with a, a drone. Drone? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's equipped with eight Hellfire missiles and a 
high-powered camera. As you can see on this monitor here, the NRA fellas are actually in just one big cluster. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we started, all right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm gonna hit this button right here. Yeah, now they're all dead. <laughs> That'll do it for this year's NRA Military Showdown. <laughs> Brought to you by... by... Whole Foods. Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just said a million, and that just made me think about this I, I always think about that one. Fucking, I love... Fucking a million. Fucking a million. <laughs> <laughs> Got an AR-15, wearing Kevlar head to <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't know this is fair, but I'm... I got a drone? <laughs> Quit with eight but, Hellfire missiles and uh <laughs> You know, and I heard somebody today talking about um how the Second Amendment was supposed to be um to stop a tyrannical government from being tyrannical, right? Like that like that was the whole purpose, right? Or right. that's what we've been told is the whole purpose. Dude's like, You've been saying for years that the government's tyrannical. Why don't you get your AR fifteen and fucking pony up? Why don't you go do something about it, Cletus? If you think this is a tyrannical government, go ahead and overthrow it. See yeah. what happens. Let's see how your AR-15 holds up to that M1A1 Abrams coming down your driveway. Yeah, and I don't know. If, uh, I sent you some TikToks of, um, oh, my God, what is his name? Um, fuck, hang on. Let me look him up. Give me just one second. Talk about something. Uh, well, what do you want me to talk about? I guess it kind of depends. Are we still in the politics podcast? Sort of. Are we kind of working our way um, over? Jim Jeffries, that's his name. Jim Jeffries on gun control. Um, <clears throat> so he was talking about, because he's Australian, right? And in and, uh, and, uh, Australia, you can get guns in Australia. It's just difficult to right. get them. You can pretty much get whatever you want. It's just you have to jump through some hoops to do it, okay? Because they had one mass shooting in 1992, and they went out there and said, fuck y'all, we're taking the guns away. And they took them away. And this was a right-wing Republican government that took the guns away. Like a conservative government took the guns away from people. And everybody has been fine. And they have had zero mass shootings since 1992. Like zero, okay? Uh, Which shows that, you know, it does work. And um, what he was talking about is he says, okay, you say that you're a responsible gun owner. What does that look like? Oh, well, I keep my guns in a safe. Okay, so what are you going to do when somebody breaks through your window? Are you going to tell them, hang on just a second. You wait right there. I realize I'm naked and have just jumped out of bed, but I'm going to go over here to the gun safe and I'm going to open the gun safe and get my gun out. And then then I'm going to fuck you up. But you just got to give me a second. Do you remember the combination, honey? Was it your mother's birthday? What the fuck is your mother's birthday? And you're trying to get into the safe and you can't do it, right? Right. So that's you as a responsible gun owner. Your guns are not keeping you any safer. But if you leave guns out so that in case of somebody busting into your house, you're no longer a responsible gun owner because those guns are out where somebody can use them. See, that's why I like those smaller biometric ones Mm -hmm. that... You can just reach over real fast and read your fingerprints, and that's how it opens up. Yeah, that would be awesome if every gun was like that. That would be great. But then again, in a situation like that, do they make one that like that'll do that? That you can put close to your bed? That'll that, read your biometrics? Yeah. That let me finish. That'll hold a shotgun. 
I mean, why not? Because I don't want to use a handgun in my house. I have a forty cal. I wouldn't use that for somebody come busting in my house. If I'm in standing in our bedroom door, and someone's in my living room, and I shoot them from that close range with my forty or my forty-five, it's going to go through them. It's going to go through this wall behind us and into our kids' room unless it happens to hit a stud. Yeah, unless and the studs now, if are it what hits 18 a stud, inches apart. If it hits a stud, that that stud will stop it. It will not go through it. Not if you're going through a person. But, I mean, that's such a risk to take. But if it doesn't hit that stud, it's going right into my kid's room. Yeah. And, and you know, I've heard so many people say, because I've, I've asked people before, why do you have an AR-15? Home oh, defense. Oh, I have it for home defense. You are a dumbass because you're going to shoot you. You're going to shoot your neighbors. You're going to shoot the you're going to shoot the bad guy. You're going to shoot your kids. You're going to shoot your neighbors because that 223 is going so fucking fast. It'll go through that stud. Yeah. Well, maybe because you got to think that stud is not flat. That stud is sideways. So it's going to go through three. It's got to go through what? Three and three quarters inch of wood. If. If it hits it square. And it's probably just going to yeah. hit a glancing blow and anyway. So... But you got to think an AR-15 is the worst possible weapon for home defense because you're unlikely to hit what you're aiming at if you are spraying and praying. Now, if you're, you see these people outside and they're coming towards you, I mean, then yeah, get your AR-15 because you can start dropping them off before they get to your house. But seriously, is this a zombie invasion we're talking about? Nobody's going to rush your house like that. But that's, that's what they're hoping for. Shit like that does they're not They're wanting happen. the zombie invasion because that gives them an opportunity and excuse to shoot people. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Because that's what they are hoping for. Yes, because like honestly, this whole COVID thing, this is not what they were. That's not what they were promised. No, they were promised a zombie invasion. They were hoping a zombie outbreak because it gives you the ability to shoot people without feeling bad about it. Exactly. Yeah, it's sociopaths needing to murder. Mm-hmm. But like I, you were talking about, like with the uh, what's that show that they do that on the movie um, um, Purge? Yeah. Like, why do people immediately go to murder? Like, I'd build a deck without a like, permit. That's what like, made me think about you. I think about you every time I see that, that a commercial or something for that. I was like, it's funny because my wife has always said, well, shit, I can go build my deck and I have a permit. <laughs> it's like, why is it that so many people, if all crime is made legal for 24 hours, why the fuck are so many of them going straight to murder? Would you like my theory on it? Well, that's why we're talking here. But that's just... It's like... So we're we're Is there really that something fucked up inside you that you no. really wish that you could just go out and kill people and not feel guilty for it? No. No. And let me explain why. It has nothing to do with people being sociopaths. It has everything to do with the fact that we are a predominantly Christian nation. Let me explain. <laughs> when you are raised Christian, you are taught that morality comes from god morality does not come from am i doing harm from other to other people my morality comes directly from god saying this is bad this is good okay Mm -hmm. you're also taught from a very young age that all sins are equal to god in other words if you lie on a test at school it's the same thing as murder to god how would you lie on a test well, if you if you cheat on a test, let's oh. say you cheat on a test. Well, I don't think a cheating on a test is would be considered a sin. But let, it let, would let's be because it, because it's a lie. It would be because it's a lie. No, you're not lying. Sure, you are. You're lying that you knew the information. You're cheating. That's a sin. No, a test is to see if you 
have access to the information. It's just let's just say a lie. Okay, so we'll say a lie is the same as murder in right. God's eyes. And the reason is, and I, and I follow this creator on TikTok who broke this down really beautifully. Her name is I Blame Bill on TikTok. There's a difference between vertical sin and horizontal sin. Okay. Vertical sin is what Christians are taught. God told me it was wrong, therefore it's wrong. All right. It's wrong because it goes against God. It has nothing to do with the harm that you're doing to others. It has everything to do with the harm you're doing to God. A lie hurts God in the same way that a that a that a that a, a cheating on your spouse hurts God. The same way that uh, sexually assaulting a child hurts God. In the same way that murdering somebody hurts God, because you're hurting God. Horizontal sin is about what you're doing to other people. Okay, it has nothing to do with God. So therefore, you can categorize and you can rate sins. Because lying to somebody, a little white lie to make them feel better, is definitely not in the same category as fucking ripping their face off and killing them. Those are different types of harm. So it is a little white lie if someone comes up and says, Hey, does my hair look okay? And I say yes. Exactly. Like you told me earlier. So a sin, but but in horizontal sin, in horizontal morality, how is that hurting me to tell me that lie? It's not hurting me at all. Right. So it's therefore not a sin against me. It is a lie, but it is not a sin against me. But if you were to, for example, go out and sexually assault somebody, that would be harming them. Therefore, the harm is the sin. You're not, it's not, it has nothing to do with whether or not God said it was wrong. It's because it's an objective harm to person to a person. You have taken something away from that person that was not yours. So that's the difference between vertical sin, which hurts God, and horizontal sin, which hurts the people around you. Okay. Okay? So in instances like the purge, when you have people that have been raised in a predominantly Christian nation, I'm not saying that this nation is Christian. We were not founded on Judeo-Christian principles. We were not intended to be a religious nation. However, 70% of the people who live here claim to be Christian. Right. So they are invested in vertical sin, where all sins are exactly the same. Therefore, me building a deck without a permit is exactly on par as some other guy shooting a guy with a shotgun because that's what makes him feel good. Hmm. Because all sins are the same. That's why some people go straight to murder where other people would go... Because it doesn't matter because, well... It's all just a sin. It's all the same. Exactly. But you're talking about the whole Christian thing, too. That uh, I saw a deal that there is a church. Well, I don't know if you'd call it a campaign or a movement or whatever you want to call it. But their big deal is Christians against Christian nationalism. Thank you. And, and their underscore thing says something about how that's not what we're supposed to be about. That's right. Do you know who started Christian nationalism? Would you like to know? Who? Jerry Falwell in the 70s and oh, 80s. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, Jerry Isn't Falwell... That the show you were watching that time? The Falwells or whatever? Uh, the, the, so, Jerry Falwell's son, Jerry Falwell Jr., 
is the one that got involved with the pool boy. He liked watching right. his yeah, wife yeah, have yeah. sex with the pool boy, so that's different. But, <laughs> but Jerry Falwell Sr. is the man who got in Ronald Reagan's ear and created Christian evangelical fundamentalism and, and Christian nationalism where Christianity went from being a thing you did separate from your politics to being intricately intertwined in your politics. That's all Jerry Falwell. Gotcha. That's all him and all Ronald Reagan. And so that's when evangelicalism actually became something on the main stage. Before I was born in 1980, because I was born in 1980, before then, Christian evangelicalism evangelicalism wasn't really a thing but now christian evangelicalism and nationalism has become the thing that is threatening to take over the government and turn this into a theocracy which is something the founders never wanted right and i can tell you that they never wanted it because james madison <laughs> james madison <laughs> was probably autistic <laughs> The reason I say that is because during I've heard that before during the Constitutional Convention and during all of these meetings they had about the Constitution, he took copious notes. I mean, like down to the uhs and ahs that people were saying in the middle of their sentences. I mean, he like took notes on fucking everything. They were not published until after his death, but we know exactly why every single amendment was passed. We know exactly why every single thing was done the way it was done. And none of it had anything to do with Christianity being the state religion. They were very violently against that because they had dealt with Catholicism and um, uh, Anglo uh, Anglicans in Britain running the whole thing into the ground, and they were like, "We don't want that for here." You here in a minute, when you're done. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna see if I can get you on another rant. Yeah, because I like ranting about stuff like this. <laughs> okay. Why is it that in God we trust is still in our money? Oh, you don't know the story? Or do you know the story and you just want me to explain it? Come on. Okay, so it wasn't on our money before 1954. Before 1954, we did not have in God, our trust, in God we trust on our money. And the reason that they put it on our money is so that they could go against those godless commies in the USSR. Right. That is it. That is the only fucking reason. But That's the only reason they added... But how is that it is still allowed to be on the money? Because the Supreme Court said that it was okay. There you go. Yep, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of it. But that had to do with... Uh, there were a lot of people who said, um, well, we're not, we're not detailing which god... We're not saying it's the Christian God. We're not saying this, that, or the other thing. Sorry. I was trying to get a refill of my wine, and my bottle was moving. <laughs> but In God We Trust is on the money simply because they didn't specify which God. Ah. But don't, if, they, if it's capitalized, aren't they, a, isn't that a way to kind of nonchalantly say it's this one? I mean, it is, but it isn't. They can kind of wishy-washy their way out of that one because a lot of... Because it doesn't say in God. our God we trust. Yeah, it just says in God we trust. So it could be any God. So we could just change it to in Thor we trust. Yes, if cool. you want to. I Absolutely. want Thor on my money. 
But yeah, you know what was so what was so crazy in my deconstruction from religion. Um, I looked around for other religions that kind of made sense to me when I was deconstructing from Christianity. And I looked at Wicca. I looked at Norse paganism. I looked at regular paganism, you know, stuff like that. Just kind of like trying to find a place where I fit. And what was so crazy is I had been so indoctrinated into Christianity that everything else I looked at, all my brain would tell me is, oh, this is fake. Oh, this is fake. Oh, this is fake. Oh, this is fake. And so it just got easier to throw out the baby with the bathwater. And so I ended up on atheism because that was easier. <laughs> that was easier than trying to make space in my brain for another God that I didn't believe in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that that's how I got from being a hard right-wing Christian to being where I am to now today because it was just like... None of the other stuff made sense because I had been so fucking indoctrinated that none of it was real. Yeah. But anyway. So it's like this, this kind of got me into this too. So, the, you know, all this shit has got me emotionally constipated. Oh, and how can we um, release that emotional constipation? Well, you can't because I haven't given a shit in, in a long time. <laughs> How long have you been holding that one on deck? For a while. I've had it, I had it written down so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's still not as good as the race related, but that was great. That was really good. <laughs> you know, and like, I heard you say something a while ago, and it was like, oh, for God's sake, or whatever, right? Who is Pete? Uh, St. Peter. So when you say all for Pete's sakes or for the love of Pete, it's talking about him. Yeah, it's talking about St. Peter. It's, it's a way of cussing without invoking the Lord's name, so you're not taking the Lord's name in vain. Huh. It, it was a workaround that Christians did. Because Christians will say gosh or darn or stuff like that. Some Christians will. Like, like you're more... Gosh darn it to heck. Gosh darn it to heck, exactly. We weren't even allowed to say the word but when I was growing up because that was, that was you know, considered dirty. Um, well, I can remember being in like third or fourth grade referring to a, and getting in trouble for referring to a donkey as a jackass. Yeah. I'm like, that's what it's called. Like Look that's it up. What it's, that's, what's, that's what's in the Bible. It's called an ass in the Bible. But we were not allowed to say that word because it was a, do- a dirty word. Like if I'm, ta- if I'm referring to a female dog, it's acceptable to say bitch. Because that's what she is. That's what they're called. That's what they're called. That's the taxonomical term for them is a bitch. Yeah. But... But anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, see if you can look this up so you can see a picture of it. it, it uh, I saw a thing a while ago that they, in Dubai, they have an underwater... Okay, you know like some of those uh, like aquariums you go to, right? That you can walk through a tunnel and you can see all the fish over you? Mm-hmm. They built an entire fucking tennis stadium, supposedly, that is an underwater tennis stadium to where you can oh. see the fish is all over you that is fucking insane. oh my god look at that so you found it yes well i put in dubai underwater and then tea and it, it finished rest. up with tennis tennis stadium isn't that fucking cool as shit holy dubai is like dubai okay so dubai they've got is, so much money they're just they're just trying to figure out shit to spend it on pretty much they are new money and they're like 
we don't know what to do with it, so we're just going to build an underwater fucking tennis stadium. Yeah, what can we build <laughs> that hadn't been built before? Holy crap. Could you imagine? Oh, no, it's a design. They haven't done it yet. Right, but it's, it's a design that they're doing that's going to be an underwater fucking tennis stadium. Oh, my gosh. They said they haven't gotten backers for it yet. There's no investor for it yet. But that's what it's supposed to look like. Holy crap. Isn't that fucking badass? That is badass. But Dubai, doesn't Dubai have like one of the tallest buildings in the world? And it's like gold plated and like really beautiful and everything. One thing I want to know, talking about architecture and things like that. One thing I want to know is when did we stop building beautiful cathedrals? When, When did we stop doing that? When did we stop building beautiful buildings in this country? Because everything they build now is utilitarian and office buildings. You know, just like a big cylinder going up in the sky or a big square going up in the sky. When did we stop using flying buttresses and cathedral domes and just the most beautiful architecture that has... Because they used to build shit like that and we don't do that anymore. Why can't we have a big giant staircase in the middle of our office building to ma- just, just for the beauty of it? They used to build things because they were beautiful. Yeah. Why do we not do that anymore? Now it's all about efficiency and how cheap can we have it built? That's like I, I just see. I'm one of these people, and 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 I've had I've had I've had discussions with people about this. Do you think that art is necessary? Absolutely. Why? Because even like like a lot of people will say no to that because when you talk about art, you're thinking about Okay, like that painting or whatever that is mm-hmm. right there of the horses. People think of that as, when you say, is art necessary, you think of that. But art is in fucking everything. Art is in everything. Art is music. Art is dance. Art is speech. I mean, like, even with, like, the <clears throat> way houses are designed, there's an artistic value to it because why would you build, like, okay, art has an appeal to it mm-hmm. and so when when these houses are built you're not going to purposely build a house that has no eye appeal uh-huh. no curb appeal or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and, that's, and that's the same thing with like these bridges okay why okay like when you're going into tennessee mm-hmm. you've got the one old bridge you can cross from arkansas to tennessee or you can go across the big bridge into tennessee mm-hmm There's lights all across that bridge that rotate colors, and, it, and it's very eye-stimulating. It's very pretty. Mm-hmm. This serves no other purpose than other to be appealing. That is the only purpose of the, all those fly, all those lights on that on that bridge. Mm-hmm. That's art. That's art because it it engages your brain. Yeah, and it makes you think lovely things. And I, I had a I had a discussion with a libertarian one time. He said art is only necessary if it could profit for something. I said, Why? Why would you want to profit off art? Art is supposed to be beautiful for beautiful sake. It's just beauty for beauty's sake. Look at this on the baseball stadiums that are built. You want people to come in not just because your team's good, because you want them to see this amazing looking building that they've created. Yeah. 
I mean, and and I, I think that we've lost sight of that because, and, and forgive me for going off on a tangent about capitalism. Capitalism is about squeezing every last red penny out of everything we can squeeze it out of, right? Right. And I think that we are missing so much beauty in the world by getting stuck in capitalism because used to, people would compete to have the best artist on their staff. Yes. People would compete and say, hey, I've got this artist that's living with me and he's created this beautiful thing. Or they've even gone as far as saying, like there's a sought after artist and it's like, oh, you can't get him. Why? Oh, because this guy over here has already got him. Yeah. And they and, and, and they would what they would do is they would finance these artists. They would finance their not just pay them for their work. They would literally pay rent for them. They would they would pay for their lifestyle. They would pay for they would have a home built for them or they would live at the patron's house with them and it was a status symbol to have these artists with them and to have just this beauty coming out of your house and i think that we have lost so much of that back in back in rome back in greece you know these these rich people would compete to see how many artists they could get on their staff and that was a status symbol, was how many artists you were able to take care of at one time. And, and, and we got some of the most amazing statues and some of the most amazing paintings and some of the most amazing architecture and art that came out of artists doing nothing but creating art. They didn't have to worry about their next meal was coming from. They didn't have to worry about a roof over their head. They didn't have to worry about working a nine to five and then doing art on the weekends. All they did was create. Mm -hmm. And we have beauty that came out of that. And we just don't have that well, anymore. Just like you're talking about these people back whenever they would have these artists that were basically like on their payroll that they would have living with them or whatever, is that when people would travel, they were like, oh, well, if you're going through this area, you're going to have to go by there. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go by this person's house so you can see the art that their artist that they have does for them. It's amazing. You've got yeah. to go see it. So some of these artists are so good that they're, the, that they're basically, I guess you could say, their employer's house mm -hmm. has, you know, it became a tourist attraction, mm -hmm. basically. Because these people were coming from all over just to see the stuff that these artists were creating. You know, one thing at the turn of the last century. You don't think an artist had anything to do with the the uh, the, the the Great Sphinx? Yeah, I mean that that was a that was an that was an architect and an engineer and an artist and an artist. Absolutely, an engineer didn't come up with some of these statues and shit that they that you that they're finding mm -hmm. an artist did that yes and you have to have an artist and that t dovetails nicely into the next thing i wanted to talk about which was the writer strike okay i'm not sure about this one but go ahead the writers in hollywood the wga 
uh, and several other. Was it like the Writers Guild Association Writers or Guild something? Association. Oh, I was just guessing. I didn't know. Mine's making me smart. They have gone on strike because they were coming to the table. What, currently? Yes, they're currently on strike. Okay. So TV is going to get real weird here in the next few months because all the people that make the stuff that you like to watch aren't making it right now. Then who is? Nobody. The last writer strike that we had. So are you just going to be getting reruns or what? The last writer strike that we had was the creation of reality TV because you don't need a writer for reality TV. Ah. But what you need writers for. Is that why you had shows like Big Brother? Big Brother, Survivor, The Apprentice. All that shit came out of the writer's strike. In uh, 2007. Okay, I, that. I didn't know yeah. that's why that came out. Yeah. All that shit was a direct result of the writers going on strike. Well, the writers got what they, what they wanted, most of what they wanted in that last writer's strike. The main reason they're going on strike this time is because streaming residuals are absolute horseshit. You may get... You may write... Okay, okay. The show Our Flag Means Death. Okay. I showed you the watch ratio of that. Correct. It is a line. How it hasn't dropped. It has not dropped. So if you look at the watch, at the watch, watches of this show, since it came out, it went straight up and then straight over. Nobody has stopped watching this show. It is like fucking fantastic. You have. I, I still watch it. I haven't seen you watch it in forever. Yeah, I still watch it. Like I'll, I'll put put on episodes here and there. Sometimes on my phone when I'm when I'm not doing anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah, I fucking love that show. So I remember you had me put it on my Xbox when I'd go to bed at night, just to keep the the the, the showings going. Yeah, <laughs> I did that on Sandman too. Yeah, but I need to watch that because the episodes I watched of that were fucking phenomenal. Of the Sandman. Yes. 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 Especially that one where he was going against Lucifer. <sighs> so great. But a writer did that. A yes. writer created that beauty and created that show. And there are there are shows like, for example, there are shows that have finished the writing process. And they're like, well, we can still shoot because we don't need writers. But the problem is, you know the line in Star Wars when... It's a trap! No, not that one. Oh. When... <laughs> Princess Leia uh, tells uh, Han Solo, I love you, and all he says is, I know. I know. That was come up with on the day, on the set, right then and there. A writer did that. And a writer did that after the script was finished. Because he was supposed to say, I love you. And they were like, no, 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 this doesn't work. You need to say, I know. This doesn't work. You need to say yeah, it this way. Because ever since then, whenever I send you a text or something, that'll some, just out of the blue sometimes, I'll send her a text that says, Hey, honey, just want you to know I was thinking about you. I want to say I love you. Do I get an I love you back? Maybe 10% of the time. Like, to the point when if she gets sends me a text back that says, I love you too, I love you too, honey, it actually catches me off guard because I'm fully expecting to hear my phone go, ding, and I look at it, and it's going to be the little chiff of Han Solo saying, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you bitch. But a lot of what writers do on the set after the scripts are finished is they punch them up. And as you're shooting, you know, like, like shows like The Big Bang Theory, they've had those scripts written for weeks. 
But they come there on the day and they're like, okay, this is not working. When you're saying it like this, it's not working. We need a writer to come in here and adjust. fix that line. We need some tuning. We need to give you some alts and they'll give them a bunch of alts to say. And then whichever one works the best, that's the one that you see in the show. Oh my God. That's like I was watching one of the office the other day is whenever, uh, Dwight, Jim, and Gabe were in the break room. Oh my God, that was so funny! And Gabe was talking about how he was different, how different ways his he was cord, working out. He's working, and his he cord. was showing his muscles. And then Rain Wilson was trying to show his muscles, and then Jim was doing his best not to turn around. And you could see how his head was cr- ducked, his shoulders were crouched because he was doing everything. He could. I just started laughing, and then finally Gabe said something that. They just cracked him up, and he just started laughing. And then when he started laughing, then, of course, Dwight started laughing. <laughs> but what was funny is that Gabe just kind of stayed in character. It was yeah. great. It was so fucking hilarious. What was so great about that show, because I, I, I listened to the, the Office Ladies podcast. They said that when, um, uh, what is his name? I can't even remember the guy that played Gabe. I can't even remember his real name. Um, but when he came on the show, most of what was said on the show, even if it sounded like it was a, 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 an ad lib, yeah. It was all scripted. scripted. Most, you know, 99% of what they said was scripted. When he came on the show, he was such a gifted improvis- improv- improviser that they just let him go. They just let him improvise his lines. And he would just say shit and it would just crack everybody up and they're like, that's going in the show. But he's a writer. Ah, that makes sense. He's an actor and a writer. And so. But see, I still think some of that show. Some of the, my favorite parts are when things aren't even said. Yeah. Looks at the camera or looks at a different person. Oh, like, or, I can't remember. It was some kind of argument maybe that Jim and Pam were having. And Pam said something to him. And then you saw, you saw the talking head of Jim. And all he did was go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or when they were having the Women's Appreciation Day. And they were talking about, well, what does it mean when, like, like, Baseball analogies like par or the stuff like or different sports, and and uh, uh, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Kelly says something about. So what does it mean when Mike said or when Michael said he got to second base with you, and then she kind of looks over the camera and just smiles and winks. <laughs> I mean that let you because she was playing. She was playing coy, the, the little dumb foreigner at first. Yeah, right. That but didn't she know what was going she, on. She knew what she was but doing. then she looked at the camera. And you knew she knew exactly what the fuck she was saying. <laughs> and then you kind of, if you watch it again, you see Angela over here in the corner, or sitting at the table, across the table, trying her fucking damnedest to stay in character. Yep. Because she's, <laughs> you saw her smile. And, and that was the actress. Yes. Smiling at that. Yes, it was. Because Angela, the character, would not have smiled at that. No, she would not she have. Would have been she would have dis- been mad. She would have been mad. She would have been disgusted at the situation. But the actress, Angela, Angela, broke. Yes, and started smiling, and they they caught it on camera, and and for some reason they kept it on camera because that's gold. When yeah, shit that's absolute gold when you're not expecting it. But that I always love that scene just for that reason. That that, that little bit of little bit of realness. That little bit of real, that little bit of behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. that happened on scene. So I was listening to the Office Ladies podcast about that specific episode, and she said, "Yes, that absolutely was me laughing." She said that really? was not that was not the character. So I'm, I was she right said, in yeah. assuming that. She okay. said that was me laughing. She said I couldn't I, like I, when she said that because that again, Mindy Kaling is a writer, 
she was writing her she was writing her line in the scene and she said something that they didn't expect her to say when she said oh so so when he got to second base with you what did that mean you know they didn't expect her to say that and so it broke everybody up around the table well see i I just love it because i mean i know that when you're filming a show like that you have to know as an actor or actress what the other person is supposed to say because that's what gives you the cue to say your line but I know there's got to be times when things are said that's not expected just based off the reaction yeah because now now, now, now maybe this is true or not but I, I think it is because I'm pretty sure you told me about this and I'm going to let you tell me I'm going to let you tell it because I don't remember the, all the details but it's when, right before Michael was leaving, mm-hmm. and they had him in the conference room. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they he said, and he says something's happening. Okay, so when they when when they brought Michael Scott the character into the conference room, and everybody, and this was his last day. Right. They didn't know it was his last day. They knew it was his last week, but they didn't know it was his last day. And they all stood up. Jim they, knew at that point it was his last. Jim day. Jim knew it was his last he day, didn't but tell he was anybody. the only one. Everybody else stood up and sang. It's been 6,700 and whatever minutes since you started. And and that's they like started watching singing. Die Hard 80,000 times. Yeah, and they, they started singing him the song. Steve Carell, the actor, had no idea. He didn't know was that going was going to happen. He did, he did not know that this was going to So the reaction that you're seeing on Michael's face is Steve Carell reacting in the moment to these people Sending love to him, yeah, as he is leaving. I'm seeing you These, cheering up, and I yeah, didn't mean to because do that. it was because it was such a beautiful, yeah. I mean, Michael leaving was hard on that show. Yeah. It was really fucking hard. And when Jim and Michael are in the office together, and they say, "I guess I'll see you tomorrow on your last day," but yeah. both of them know Knew. at that time that that this was the last time they would see each other. Yeah. That was John Krasinski and Steve Carell saying bye, saying goodbye. Okay, now I'm sorry to make you sad. Now let's no. go to another unscripted thing that I think happened on that show. I don't think I think I remember you saying it was unscripted when Michael kissed Oscar. That was 100 percent unscripted. <laughs> Oscar did not know that was how that happened. Oscar and, and Oscar. So the reason that Steve Carell did that to Oscar is because Oscar was known as one of the people who didn't break. He never oh, broke. Oh, okay. And, and so he was trying to break Steve him. Steve Carell was trying to break him. Oh, okay. And couldn't do it. Um, there were a there were a few number of times that um, that Oscar Nunez um, actually broke character on the show. And when when somebody was able to get him to break character, it was like, yes, we did it. We got Oscar. You it was know, like a celebration. Yes, but um, that was Steve Carell trying to mess with Oscar to the point where he broke character and he never did and they just kept going like he kept getting closer and kept getting closer and then he ended up having to kiss him <laughs> and everybody in the office was going oh they played gay chicken and neither one of them gave out exactly that's exactly like that, what one, that joke about the guys playing gay chicken it's like we've been married for 30 years sooner or later he's gonna have to give up or I'm thinking he might my, my husband might actually be gay <laughs> We've been married for 14 years, got two kids. One of these days, he's going to have to give up. <laughs> Either that or he might actually be gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Uh, holy shit, oh, we've been and, going and, for and an I, hour and 40 minutes. And I don't know the, the team. I would have to look it up, just going on sports. There was a college baseball team that their coach, I don't know if he did it on his own or he might have been forced, but he, he resigned mm-hmm. because they were caught cheating. Oh, shit. The, uh, and it was funny because when they, when they caught, got caught, the announcers were like, what are they doing? Because there was a gown at the plate. They had a runner on first and a runner on second. This is baseball, not basketball. Baseball. Okay, you said basketball. I'm oh, sorry, baseball. Okay. And the opposing team that was on defense, right, their coach came out and said something to the umpire. Well, the next thing you know, he's checking the helmet of this batter. And the announcer's like, what is going on? Then the umpire walks down to first base, and he checks that guy. And they call the guy over from second base. Hey, come here. Take your helmet off. And, and they kind of, you say that, so I'm looking at the helmets. It's kind of like how, 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 how they kept checking the pitcher the other day. Yeah, they kept checking the pitcher to, to, check, right. him, to and, check him for and, stuff. And they weren't finding anything, right? So that's why everybody was kind of confused. Like, what are they looking at? And then they checked the second baseman. Or the guy, not the second baseman, I apologize. The runner that was on second, they started checking him. And as they were checking him, this one umpire is going through the helmet. And all of a sudden, he points at something helmet and says, hey, cost people over. It's illegal in baseball. Okay, like in football. They have the communication. They have the helmets mic'd. Right. Yeah. They have communication devices in the helmet. But the rule is so many seconds before the play is started it has to be shut off. Mm-hmm. Right? It cannot go on any longer. So you can't have somebody talking in the quarterback's ear the whole time. Shit, shit, shit. There's somebody behind you. Go the other way. Yeah. Right? That is, there's no situation where that's allowed in baseball. Right. No communication devices allowed at all. They had them. Oh, shit. They were calling pitches, weren't they? I, I, I don't know. But it, somehow the coaches were keeping in communication with the runners in which to me I'm like the only thing that could possibly be used for is telling your runners what you want them to do and your batter what you want them to do without your third base coach actually giving signals well they just don't want the signals to get read is what they're doing and so they're communicating some way that way like I can see how it could be I mean, I, I don't really see the big deal in that because it's not to me. I don't. I don't see how that's really cheating because I don't, I don't see the advantage that it's giving them. Like even like if it was the catcher, you know, I'm saying like the catcher and the pitcher was Mike somehow, and a coach was calling pitches. Then your pitcher and your catcher would know what pitch you're throwing without mm-hmm. having to give a signal. But I, I don't – now, granted, I always hate it when a coach called pitches. Yeah. Because, to me, I didn't agree with that at all when coaches call pitches. Mm-hmm. Because the coach doesn't see everything. Now, granted, a lot of times when you have a coach that is calling a pitch or calling pitches in a baseball game, it's because he's over there looking at hitting charts. He's looking at, okay, well – you know, you know, you've made fun of, of baseball in the past, how it's been like, okay, well, this guy hits 200 points better on night games on the road. 
you know, and and they have these kind of stats, but he hits better off of fastballs on the road than he does at home or whatever. But I can, but, and I know that's why some of these coaches and pitching coaches are calling pitches, is because they're over there looking at these hitting charts on this guy that's up to bat, saying, okay, well this guy does better against this pitch in this location. So we want to throw this pitch in that location. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of times you have your coaches that are called pitches. But they don't – I don't like that because I like it when the catcher and myself would call pitches because we see the, the hitter himself. Because mm-hmm. say like, okay, well, this guy likes the outside pitch, right? He likes to really get his arms extended when he swings, all right? So you, or that's what you're assuming because he, he he hits better against outside pitches, so you want to throw him inside, mm-hmm. right? But what if you notice when that, that's, and when he comes up to bat the next time, he's standing further away from the box. So he's trying to get those inside pitches by standing a little he wants, further He's out. trying to be able to get those inside pitches. But you know he hits the outside pitches really well, but he's back further in the box now. That's not going to be something so the coach he, can he, see. He's not going to reach that outside pitch. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much of this game inside the game in baseball. Yeah. It, there, it's so much more mental aspects to it than there is actual physical ability. Because mm-hmm. even if you have the physical ability, if you don't have the mental preparation, that physical ability is going to do you no fucking good. Yeah. You have to have that. because Okay, like Pedro Serrano. He can't know he'll curveball too good. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you he didn't see a, a fucking fastball his whole fucking season. Mm-hmm. But the one that he hit the home run out of the stadium, it was a fastball. Mm-hmm. Why? Why'd they throw him that pitch? That was stupid. He knew he wasn't going to hit the other one. Why, why, throw him, why throw him something when he can't hit what you're already throwing? Because so, that's what I did when I was that game against Huntington in my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. They got pissed because I was telling them what pitch I was throwing. Yeah, it's like fastball, fastball, fastball. And even my coach from the dugout said, hey, don't be afraid to mix it up a little bit, is what he told me. Don't be afraid to mix it up a little bit every now and then. And what he meant by throwing other pitches. Mm -hmm. And from the mound, I looked over at him and said, why? So if they can't fucking hit what I'm throwing. Why would I throw them anything different? If they can't hit the one pitch I am throwing, mm-hmm. they're late on every fastball I throw. They can't catch up to it. So why would I throw an off-speed pitch that would speed up their bat? Mm-hmm. Give them a better chance of catching up to something. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not throwing anything different. Now, and this is a conversation I had during the game on the mound with my coach that's in the dugout. I was hollering back and forth at him, telling him, no, I'm not. You can call whatever fucking pitch you want to. I'm the one that's got, that's got the ultimate call. I'll- the catcher has to give me the signal of what he wants to what he wants me to throw. But if it's not what I want to throw, and I, I even told my catcher, I told David, if he starts calling pitches and he starts calling something different, if you're getting ready for a changeup, or if you're getting ready for a curveball or a slider, 
you're going to catch one in the fucking face mask because I'm throwing a fastball. Mm-hmm. I don't give a sh- and And I think that kind of helped me a little bit because they knew he was giving me different signals. Mm-hmm. But I was throwing the same fucking pitch every time. It didn't matter what he called. So they didn't know what the signals meant. Yeah. He, he could have called for a slaughter, called for a changeup, called for a knuckleball, called for a split, called for a fastball, whatever. I'm throwing the fastball. I saw something the other day, and, and TikTok is where I get all my baseball stuff, right? Because it, for some reason, the algorithm thinks well, I need to hit baseball. got it on, uh, on, on that internet. Well, I saw a pitcher with a little thing on his belt, and it was a little, it was, it was like three or four little buttons on his belt. Okay. Like a little uh, electronic buttons on his belt. Almost a- And he would push the button corresponding to whatever pitch he wanted to throw. And it would signal the catcher. And I've never seen anything like that before. But what was funny is that he stood up there one time and he pushed the button and then shook himself off. And then pushed a different button. But see, that would get in. How, how are they getting away with that, though? Because that's a communication. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. But, but I know. But I know. I watched him do it. I wa- and it was in a major league game. I had to see that. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to see if I can find it because because I. I, I mean, I know more things are allowed in majors than are in minors. Because, mm-hmm. like, at least when I played, if you're a pitcher, you couldn't wear a necklace that hung out of your shirt. So you see, major leaguers doing it all the time. My favorite, my favorite one, and I don't, I don't, I don't have any fucking clue which pitcher it was, but I, I remember watching him. He had two necklaces on, right? He mm-hmm. had two necklaces, and they were two gold chains, right? And one hung lower than the other one. Right. I, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. And every time before he would pitch, he would tuck one of them in the inside shirt, and one of them would be out. Yes. And he would make sure that they were that way, and then he would pitch, and then he would refix the nec- necklaces mm-hmm. where one was in and one was out. And then he would pitch, and he would refix it. One was in, one was out. And he did that every single fucking pitch. And it was, and I kept watching him, and I was like, this is exactly what Tom has told me about when he was pitching, these little rituals that you go through to make sure I that the next pitch was going to be right. With a little Tasmanian devil on it that I pitched with every single time I And we pitched. still got that Tasmanian devil somewhere. And I can still remember the pitch I threw when it broke. And that was it. And like my catcher saw it break. And that and was he, it. He, everybody was like, "Oh shit!" And like I bent down and picked it up, and I was holding it. My coach called time. He came out and took the necklace back to the dugout, hoping and praying, said, "Figure out a way to get through this inning." There were like six people in the dugout from the stands over there in the dugout some of them on the other side of the fence from the dugout all talking with coach everybody over there trying to figure out a way to fix this fucking necklace because they knew it would fuck me up to pitch without it yeah and that's the same thing with and i think i've talked about this before on the podcast with dipping yeah we were not allowed to dip anymore my senior year in college at the Baptist University I went to because, because dipping the, was the dipping president was, yeah. came out there and saw a bunch of people spitting and he didn't like it. So yeah. we weren't allowed to do it anymore. Whoop-de-frick. And this is before the season started. Mm-hmm. 
And he said he was going to be at games. He didn't want to see it. I, and, of course, I was not allowed to pitch with my dip. And I always dipped when I pitched. I started off my senior year in college, the year that really meant the most, 0 and fucking 5. And finally, Coach is like, you know what? We're going to try to break the habit. We're going to try to break something here. His briefcase that he took to the dugout, he had my dip that I used hidden in his briefcase (laughs) so that nobody would know he brought it out there for me. Before the, I went out to pitch on the first inning, I went to the corner of the dugout. My coach, my assistant coach, my pitching coach, and three or four other players stood shoulder to shoulder so nobody could see me going behind them, getting into his briefcase, and getting my dip. <laughs> they were hiding me so I could do this. I ended up my senior year 8-5. and five. Mm-hmm. After starting off, now granted, I didn't pitch bad, but we never won. Mm-hmm. I had less than a one point something ERA. I gave up like a couple of earned runs, maybe every every couple of games. I lost three games, one to nothing, and I think the other two games I lost like two to nothing and like three to like five to four or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then I started dipping. And that was it. When I pitched, and I ended up eight and zero. Never lost again. <laughs> Cycle. It's, it's it's does little, it really help? It's those little rituals. No, no it but, it, help. but it, it's the ritual. Of it's the, the psychological, <clears throat> like a baby blanket. Okay, you got to have it with you. Okay, so I I I don't smoke. Right. I smoke occasionally. When I'm drinking, like last night, I lit up a cigarette last night when I was drinking a glass of wine. Right. That's the first cigarette I've had in probably two weeks. Maybe maybe more than that. Because I just, I just don't smoke. No, he's gone. Oh. Um, I, occasionally, I'll smoke a cigar. But I would not call myself a smoker. I don't even call myself a vapor. I don't use my vapor. Like, you're, you're hitting your vape right now, and you've hit it many, many times during this podcast. I have not touched Jeez, my vape. Put me on a spot, why don't you? I know, right? Uh, but I have not hit my vape this entire podcast. I have a vape sitting right next to me, but I haven't used it, and I can't tell you how long. But at work, I have a work vape. We're allowed to take breaks at 10 and 3. You know what I do? Go out and vape. I go out and vape. Because it's that mental release of getting out of the office and going and doing something else for 10, 15 minutes. Even even though the vape the vape has no nicotine in it, I have n- I don't vape nicotine. I vape water vapor. Right. And there, I'm getting zero benefit out of it. But I vape like a fiend when I'm on that break. Yeah. Because that is a mental release for me, and that is me shedding what I have done in the last couple of hours, and doing something different. And it mentally it? refreshes me, and it just. That's why gets me I, like, out of my own head. Like I, I, like I still enjoy getting a dip every now and then. I, I, I still okay. I still dip. Yeah, and 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 it's fine. But I'm not like a. You're not a dipper. You don't a cereal dipper. Yeah. Like I don't keep one in constantly. Like you used to. 
And when I realized that I didn't have to be one is whenever I was first trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I was still dipping during the week when you weren't around. Uh-huh. But I would go all weekend around you and the kids and not dip once. Mm-hmm. And not even think about it. And then I'd go back to work. And I immediately start looking for that dip can as soon as I got to work. Because it's a mental thing. It's the ritual. And then I'd come back home for the weekend. I mean, I was still at home during the nights. But I wouldn't dip during the week mm-hmm. at home. But I'd go to work and I'd dip. And I'd be off on the weekends again. And I'd go all weekend without a dip. Like, wherever my bag is, mm-hmm. I think I've got a half a can of dip in there right now. I bought it like a week ago. <laughs> Well, and you don't dip very much anyway. You're not like one of those guys that takes half a can of dip every single time. No. Because I, I think it looks disgusting when you got this big old chaw in your mouth. And you mm-hmm. got so much that your lip, your mouth won't close. That's disgusting. I'm yeah. sorry. And, and and you don't spit into cups that you just leave sitting around for people to drink out of. Like Oh, like I'd, the guy that you worked for for a little while? They used to disgust the shit out of you. I remember because you, you always talked about it. Because dipping didn't bother you that much. If it bothered you at all, really doesn't. But you worked for a boss that was your boss for for a time in Waco. It always had a spit cup, and he would he would loudly spit. <laughs> gross. Every time he would spit. <laughs> Even I don't like that sound. That's gross. Disgusting. I keep a bottle. Now now, granted, I used to like keeping the A and W root beer bottles. Yeah, and you stopped doing that. Because they were brown, and it didn't look gross. Until one day, you thought it was A&W root beer, and you took a swig of it. I ah! don't recommend so swigging backwash dip. That is that is the most disgusting thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life, and I wish I was dead. It's, and what's funny is, like, even as a dipper, I've done that myself before, and I puked. Mm-hmm. That is so fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I was in the scale house. In Lufkin, Texas, at the Pilgrim's plant. And I reached over and grabbed that A&W bottle. And I was like, oh, root beer. I love root beer. <laughs> Let's change the subject because I'm going to puke right now thinking about it because that's gross. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about softball. So I watched something on TikTok the other day. Ooh, I know where that's going. So I watched a girls softball team. And um, I don't know what their problem was. It, it didn't. It didn't show the entire situation. What led up to I this event taking place? I don't know what led place. up to this event taking place. But the, apparently, the team on defense had an issue with the umpire. The home plate umpire. The home, pl- home plate umpire and the way he was calling balls, balls and, and strikes. strikes. So you you see him you you see them make a pitch and then he makes a call. And at that point, something happens. All of the defensive team comes out of the infield, uh, comes out of the outfield, and goes to the plate. The, catcher, the outfielders came in. The outfielders came in. Ooh. To the to the to the not, mound. That's... And the catcher went to the mound, and the coach went to the mound, and everybody was milling around the mound for a little while. And the. The catcher, I mean the uh, the umpire, the home plate umpire, was just standing there watching it, and he made a he made a, a thing like this, like he like he pointed his finger down and made a circular motion, and you could hear one of the parents go, "Yeah, they're screwing around." 
So he was making that motion like, yeah, they're screwing around. Mm-hmm. So then they all come back to their positions. And the umpire gets ready to make the call. And as the pitcher pitches this fastball toward home plate, the catcher dodges out of the way, and that ball ricochets right off the catcher, uh, right off the umpire's helmet. And off all his face he, mask, wasn't all, it? yeah, it was off his face mask and off his helmet. And all he does was he just kind of stands there for a second, takes his helmet off, and walks off. And they end up tossing the pitcher. Because, the catcher and the pitcher. Because holy shit. I mean, like, if the if the catcher had not dodged out of the way, it wouldn't have been as blatant. She should have just stuck her glove up and quote unquote, quote, unquote missed, missed. missed it. But it was very clearly, blatant. very clearly, they aimed for that umpire. And they tried to get him. And they got him right in the fucking head. And that, I mean, uh, something like that. See... In in the in the course of a game, I understand that emotions run high in the course of a game, but something like that—that's assault, if you ask me. Like you deliberately set out to hit somebody with a fucking hundred mile an hour whoa, fastball. Whoa, 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 back up, back up. Hold on. Let's not get into that. <laughs> deliberately. Still, let's not get into that conversation because if. Hitting someone deliberately with a baseball could be considered assault. I would have been a repeat offender serving a life sentence. (laughs) Because I will go on record saying that 9 out of 10... No, because when you get to that, if you say 9 out of 10, after a while, you're saying 90 out of 100. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So let's back up from that. Let's go ahead and say... 7 out of 10. 1 out of every 100 people that I hit when I was pitching mm-hmm. was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> because one thing that I learned very quickly in pitching was accuracy. Mm-hmm. I was very accurate. I didn't hardly ever walk people. And if I did, it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, yeah, I walked some guys by accident. My normal average a game, especially like, say, like my senior year in high school, Mm -hmm. I considered myself to have a shitty game if I didn't have double digits and strikeouts. And I considered myself to have a shitty game if I had more than one or two walks. Mm Mm-hmm. I averaged about 13 to 14 strikeouts a game, and I averaged maybe one to two walks a game. Hitting. Pitching. I'm, I'm sorry, hitting them. No, I'm just talking about actual walks. Okay. Not hit by pitch. Yeah. Okay. We're not counting hit by pitches. But I hit people so many times on purpose that I had a signal... That was actually one of the pitches that was called by my catcher. Mm-hmm. One was fastball, two was curve, three was slider, four was changeup. If he flipped me off with his middle finger, uh-huh. pointed Min- down, Min- hit him. That means put him on his ass, light him the fuck up. 
if he flipped me off with it going upright, that meant don't hit him. But we're scaring the shit out of this motherfucker. <laughs> and there was times when I would glance over at the at the dugout and my coach was giving me one of those signals. Oh, shit. And when he would give me the upright flipping off, that means aim at the guy's head or slightly above it, scare the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> if he gave it down, you aim an inch or two behind their back, and you, it would hurt them. Now, now see, and, I, I saw I saw a pitch that that was done that way the other day, again on TikTok. Mm-hmm. The guy aimed a couple inches behind the guy's back, expecting him to back into it. Because when you see a pitch coming at you, you just naturally your, your back initial up. reaction is to back up. Your initial reaction, yeah. So they expected the guy to back into the pitch, and all he did was just fucking freeze, and he just stood there with his bat, and the ball went right behind him. Hmm. I mean, it was very clearly they were trying to hit this guy with the pitch. <laughs> but he, but he, did, he did the smart thing. He just fucking froze where he was. He got lucky. He got real lucky because he just, like, his whole body just Because I've had up. some that backed up and then realized their mistake. <laughs> and then they, like, a lot of times if they're quick enough to react, they'll turn. Mm-hmm. So it'll kind of be like a glancing blow. So it'll kind of hit them in the back as opposed to hitting them square in the ribs. And I've had some that have, like, went, oh, shit, and, like, tried to get out of the way. And pop them in the ribs like the kid that hit the two home runs off of me and almost hit a third. I did that and I broke two of his ribs. Because <laughs> I wasn't trying to scare him. I was trying to hurt that motherfucker. Now, Grant, not because he hit the home runs. But because not because he, he hit the it. double afterwards. It's because when he hit that double and got to second base. Now, this was my senior year in college. He got to second base and started talking shit. Mm-hmm. Talking shit to the point where the umpire, who was at all of our games at home, looked at me and went, shit, Shay, don't kill him. <laughs> and I was like, you know what's going to happen if he gets up to bat again. I'm going to fucking hurt him. And he goes, I know. I know. And that's exactly what happened. His first time up, I threw a change up way outside so he had no chance to score. To swing, to, sh- to swing at it, I threw another changeup way outside, so he didn't. Ha- he was a left-handed hitter, so he didn't mm-hmm. have a chance to swing at it. But I was goading this little fucker in. Is what mm-hmm. I was doing. I threw a two-seam fast, or it was a changeup and a two-seam fastball outside. Mm-hmm. I was goading this motherfucker to Trying think. Trying to get him to step in. I'm the going box a to bit. pitch you outside, and I was nosing after each pitch where he stood in the box moved up an inch or so. Mm-hmm. He was getting a little bit closer. So I knew by the time I had that third pitch ready to go, he was right where the fuck I wanted him. Mm-hmm. I aimed at an inch behind his back. He backed up, said, oh shit, turned, hit him in the ribs, broke two. I walked up, picked up the ball and said, who's the bitch now? And walked <laughs> back to the dug- walked back to the mound. The home plate umpire, but now, now the, the, the umpire that was calling in the field he knew. Yeah, he knew. He knew exactly what the fuck I was doing. The home plate umpire even said, <laughs> saw that coming. Again, he knew what the fuck I was doing. Again, on TikTok, watch 
a baseball game where the guy hit two home runs in the same game. And on the second home run, he celebrated just a little too much. too much. To the point where his own team members, like the next guy up at bat, went to, like over to the dugout at the other guy's side, and you can see him mouthing the words, I'll talk to him. Because he I'll knew that he him. was about to get lit up. Yeah, he said, I will talk to him. Just hang on, and and then they then they showed a picture, uh, they showed a, a video of the guy at the dugout. He was like not happy. The guy who had hit, just hit the second home run was not happy because one of his team members was bitching him out. Mm-hmm. Like you need to fucking stop. You hit your home runs. Act like you've been there. You can have a little bat, bat flop, bat flip. That's fine. You go around the bases. You can. Air pump, what you know, high five your third base coach because he's gonna slap you on the ass when you go by. Yeah, whatever. Have your fun, but you don't say a fucking word to any one of those fielders, and don't you dare stare down the pitcher. No, don't say anything. Because to the if you do that, the next guy up. If I'm pitching at that point, I'm thinking, okay, this is early game. I'm going to have a chance before this game is up to see you at the plate again. And guess what, motherfucker? But then you can say, okay, well, this is late game. Chances are that little fucker's not going to get in a bat again. So guess what? The next one up. One of your teammates is paying the price for you. Mm-hmm. And you, will, like, and you, I mean, and like, you will see if you ever watch sometimes. You'll see pitchers hit guys. And then you'll see them kind of make a, a gesture over to the opposing team's dugout. Like to this tell is him, you, buddy. Tell, to tell that guy that you just hit, that was his fault. Mm-hmm. Well, it just... It like, just I remember like the guy's even, name, Cherry Sunil. He was the catcher that missed the fastball where I hit the umpire in the nuts. Mm-hmm. He was my teammate. He was my catcher at one time. because he and So he knew how I was. Mm-hmm. We played in that adult league for a little while. Played double headers. First game of the double header, he pitched. Second game against us. He was on a different team. Second game, I was pitching. He hit me twice. Oh, shit. Swore up and down it was an accident. First time, yeah. Second time, I'm starting to get pissed. Mm-hmm. Third time, he, he damn near hit me again. And when he almost hit me the third time, I looked at him from the from – the, the plate where I was batting and said, and I pointed my bat at him and said, that's all right, you little motherfucker. Cause I'm pitching next game. Guess who's going to get his. Did I get a chance to ever hit him? Nope. Why? Cause he left. He completely fucking left. Cause he was afraid if he stayed, his coach was going to make him bat. Mm-hmm. And if he batted, he knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was going to fuck him up. I was going to hit him every damn time he came up there until the umpire threw me out. Mm-hmm. But he left. First batter of their game, the next game, I was going to scare him, but he didn't move. So I popped him right in his fucking ear hole with one. <laughs> right in the ear hole in the helmet. Knocked his fucking helmet off. Their coach knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Their coach went to the umpire and said, he's going to hit my fucking player. 
You need to go tell him right now. If he does it, he's going to be ejected. And the umpire's like, this is the first inning of the game. Nothing's happening. I can't go warn somebody before anything happens. That's not how the rules work. Mm -hmm. But he's like, but you already know he's going to hit my player because the one that hit him last game left. And he's not going to be able to get his revenge on him, so he's going to take it out on the first fucking guy he sees. And he was like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. And then that first pitch, I lit him the fuck up. <laughs> and I looked over there, dug out, and I said, you know why that happened. He left. He put that off on somebody else. That's his fault that guy got mm -hmm. hit, not mine. Well, I mean, it still technically is your fault. No, it wasn't. It was his fault. <laughs> he should have stayed there and taken his shit like a man. He hit me fucking twice. He knew it was coming. And the next time we played them in the little round, he didn't play. He didn't show up. Because he knew. He knew. He knew he was going to get hit. Yep. And somebody else got hit in his turn. <laughs> I hit a lot of guys on purpose when I bitched a lot. Okay, so maybe it's not assault, but it's not nice. Like I say, if it was assault, I would be a, I would have been a major repeated offender. <laughs> To the point where I would have been like, hey, you know you got third strike rule? Yeah, you hit that like 20 times ago. You, you have no possibility for parole at this point. <laughs> You're staying here till you die. I'm, I would be on the death row of assault. Because <laughs> it happened way too much. Well, not way too much. It happened a lot. At least every other game or so, maybe. <laughs> Somebody got hit. And like even like when we were playing inter squad games, like my senior year, one of the guys on my on our team, and inter squad is when you basically break up your entire team and play against each other. Mm -hmm. One of the guys, his last name was Hall, I think. He got a hit off of me. Uh, it was a single, but he celebrated big time for it. He was only he was the first one that got a hit off of me. He was celebrating. He was all happy. And, and, and I was letting him do his little celebration or whatever. And I, and I finally looked over at him. I'm like, that's enough. No more. I let you have that. No more. And he looked at me and goes, my bad. <laughs> he knew to shut it down at that point. I let him have his, his, his celebration. I mean, even the guys, that was it was all our teammates. Even they were like all cheering for him. But then they noticed I was getting frustrated. And, and before I said something to him, they were already telling him, hey, dude, shut the fuck up. You need to calm down. You need to calm down. You're going to get somebody hurt. And it was to the point like if in batting practice, if we ever had any of the pitchers throw batting practice, we, they would be broken up in groups. And I, and I would purposely, just to fuck with them sometimes, around everybody, he would have the, the, the hitting groups posted so he wouldn't have to deal with telling who was in what group or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it would say what pitchers were throwing to what group. And, like, in front of everybody, I would look at the sign and like, hey, coach. He was like, what? Uh, can we do a switch? What do you mean? Well, looking at your list, can I pitch to group three today? And everybody's in group three is like, who fucking pissed him off? <laughs> They're trying to figure out who 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 I was upset with, because they knew if I wanted to pitch batting practice, it's because somebody in that group, I think, I owed them something. <laughs> and so even when they didn't, they thought when well, I would do that, and they would think that somebody in that group had a target on them. Mm -hmm. And now, granted, that is how it started, 
Because even when I would ask coach without everybody else, he was like, who pissed you off? What'd they do? <laughs> See, that was the greatest thing. When you threw so much harder than everybody else, nobody wanted to risk hitting you because if you hit them back, it would hurt a lot more. Well, you were throwing, we figured out, you were throwing 100 miles an hour pitches when you were probably. in high school. No, no, I was probably throwing upper 90s, mm-hmm. mid to upper 90s in high school. Now, granted, that's not as a big deal now, but back then at a little 3A school. That was huge. That was huge. That's I mean, just like Brandon. That got, that got your school paid for. Like Brandon Belt went through that school. Yeah. And Brandon Belt was the, he was a stud pitcher. Mm-hmm. Stud pitcher. He was even more badass as a hitter, which got him a starting position as a first baseman for the fucking San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Same school. Like, they even have, like, where the, one of the buildings they have built behind the stadium, behind the field, mm-hmm. they have the belt net. Nice. And it's a net protecting all the windows of the baseball, of the building over there, because, <laughs> because uh, I was told that Brandon kept busting out the windshield, busting out the windows of the building. <laughs> so they have the belt net. <laughs> well, what cracks me up, and, and this is going off to a different subject, but this, okay. this, this made me think of something. Um, things are impossible until they're done. Okay. People thought the four-minute mile was impossible until somebody did it. Right. They said it was impossible to hit out of the San Francisco Giants Stadium until... A physicist or a physics professor... Said that it was impossible. That it was... Completely impossible based off the density of a bat compared to the density of a baseball and no amount of force applied from one to the other would cause the ball to go out of the San Francisco Giants Stadium. Exactly. And then Barry Bonds did it regularly. He did it day one batting practice. Yeah. And And they called that physics professor and told him and he did not believe them. Yeah. They brought him to the stadium and said, watch Watch this. Yeah. So, I guess that's all I wanted to say about that is that stuff is impossible until the first person does it, and then it's not impossible anymore. Yeah. So, I guess that kind of brings me to my main point about sports. Mm -hmm. You know how people are like, we can't have performance-enhancing drugs in sports because that's unfair. Well, sports is inherently unfair because everybody's going to have a natural advantage over mm-hmm. somebody else. I'm five seven. No, I'm five five and a half. I'm not ever going to be good at basketball because somebody's always going to be better at me. Somebody's always going to be taller than me. Somebody's going to be more athletic than me. I just don't have those natural advantages. Michael Phelps is a fucking freak of nature, and he is just built in a lab to be good at swimming. Right. Nobody's ever going to be as good as him until somebody else. Until somebody is. I want to see the Olympics where they let everybody use performance enhancing drugs because I want to see how how far a fucking human can jump. (laughs) How far can he throw that shot put? How far can he throw that discus? Is the stadium big enough to hold that fucking javelin in when he chunks it? Exactly. Are they going to be throwing it down the field and instead of it sticking in the grass, somebody in the top of the stadium catches one in the shoulder? (laughs) I want to see... Better living through chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just like... You, if you want to see what the what the boundaries of the human you know, experience are, 
Let me see what the bounds of the human experience are. Quit, quit handicapping people by saying you can only use your natural abilities. We have developed science and we have developed to drugs enhance to human enhance ability. human abilities. Let's see a motherfucker fly. What, like the conversation we've had before? You go to a baseball game, professional baseball game, whatever, any kind of baseball game you go to. There's two things that will really draw a lot of crowd to a baseball game, all right? Mm-hmm. If you have a known pitcher that dominates every time he goes out there. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Nolan Ryan, Mike Scott, Sandy Koufax, you know, the the pitching staff that the Braves cheated and got in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> that was fucking unfair. They had them they had five guys on their starting rotation that could go to any team in the majors and be a fucking number one or number two mm-hmm. starter. That was that's why they won their division 12 years in a row. Yeah. Okay, you have you would go out, okay, like attendance would be would be higher for the Diamondbacks game if Randy Johnson was pitching that game. Mm-hmm. Or the Angels. Fucking or Verlander. The, the Verlander Angels or good. the Mets or the Astros or the Rangers when Nolan Ryan was playing. Mm-hmm. I guarantee if you go back and look, the games he was scheduled to start, attendance was higher. Mm-hmm. Shohei Atani now. Because he's, he's a stud pitcher and, and a, a stud hitter. hitter. Yeah. The games he's pitching, I guarantee you, attendance is higher. You're going to go see a stud pitcher because mm-hmm. you like to see him overpowering hitters, making them look, maybe making not them even, look oh, stupid. Maybe not overpowering them, but making them look stupid at mm-hmm. the plate. Yeah. Because, like, when you got a guy that's got a curveball that's so fucking nasty that you got a guy bailing out and Whoa. then it breaks in for a strike. That's when if you if you've ever heard somebody yelling, get him a seatbelt, trying to get him to stay in there. Mm-hmm. So you you go to see a, a stud pitcher. If the if that's not what's drawing you, it's ooh, Jose Altuve. How far is Barry Bonds gonna fucking hit one tonight? How, how far, far is, is McGuire gonna hit it? So so all these guys, Albert Pujols. All these guys that were known for just blasting the shit. Uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. All these guys that just don't just hit home runs. They fucking, they fucking knock them out of the state. They hit the bull. They get a stake. You don't go to a <laughs> fucking baseball game. If you're not going there for the pitcher, you're going there for the hitters. You're not going there to see you them blip want, a little single. You don't want to see a bunch of Texas leaguers. No. Bunch of little seeing eye singles. You know what I mean by those? Yeah, I know what you mean by You know those. what a seeing eye single is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, mean, I think I do. Well, a seeing eye single is a weak ground ball. They call it a seeing eye because it just managed to get between the infielders. Yeah. That if it had been hit a foot or two the other way, there's no way it would have gotten through. Right. It, was it just, like, it just like the ball had a seeing through. eye and just found a way through. Yeah. You don't go for that. No. You want to go see the guy where this fence is 400 foot. You want to see somebody hit it 120 foot past that. Yeah. That's what you go for. You want to see the game where the Rangers played and they ran up the score by 40 fucking points. That's what you want to see. Because they had a hitting staff on there and the pitcher on the other team was so poor 
that they just kissed our air fryer because he's hungry. We've been putting yeah. him off for long enough. I told him to go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but you want to see these batters go out there and just crank that ball out of the stadium. Yeah, but it's just like that in other sports. You, you go to a football game because you like the violence. You go to a hockey game because you want to see these guys beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. You, you go to a football game because you want to see that hard hit. Now, granted, you don't want the guy to be. You don't want him to be hurt. You don't like, care you if don't he's hurt. To... You don't care if he's hurt. You don't want him to be damaged. You don't want him injured. Yeah, you There's don't want difference. him damaged. Hurt, you can still play. Injured, you can't. Yeah. Quote the coach from the program. But in any sport, you want to see. You want to see the see limit of happen. human ability. Okay, that's like, why, why, why is there such a huge crowd at the Olympics? Yeah. Because you want to see what these motherfuckers can do. You want to see if somebody can break a record. Simone Biles. People don't go to watch Simone Biles hit a headstand. They want to see her do some crazy shit that nobody else has done. And shit that she's not allowed to do because it's not fair because nobody else can do it. Exactly. I don't give a fuck if nobody else... Tell them to go train harder. Tell them to go train harder. And, and okay... And but that they re- said because... Didn't you say... Now, this is something you told me. That they banned some of her moves... Because if they were afraid that if other people tried it, they would get hurt. Yep. Or injured. Yep. That she is probably the only person on the face of this fucking planet that could do that. And so it's not fair to let her do it because if anybody else tried... They they would would, kill themselves. They would get hurt really bad. Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. And, And this brings up a whole other issue. Transgender people in sports. Can we go down that road real quick? Quickly. Quickly. Biological men playing against biological women. If you are on hormone therapy for one to three years, your bone density drops. Let's say you're a transgender woman, which means you were born male and you're transitioning to female. Right. If you're on hormone replacement therapy, you're on puberty blockers and estrogen for one to three years, depending on what sport you're in. Your bone density drops, your that male muscle, advantage goes away. Your muscle density drops, your advantages drop. Yes, you still have the skeletal structure of a born male. However, your muscles do not hold up to that. Right. Okay. Even if they did, my contention is the women should train harder to beat them. Let's look at Riley, Riley, what's her face? Uh, The swimmer that got pissed off that Leah Thompson, uh, that Leah Thomas tied with her in fourth place. So Leah Thomas, a swimmer who is a transgender woman, won a single race at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. She placed fourth in another level, in another race, and tied with Riley Riley Jones, I think is her name. And then she placed eighth in a different race at the same meet. So she won one of them, and she set a world record at that one event. Okay? And everybody pretended like the trans. And everybody freaked over the sport. out. Her record, Leah Thomas's record, was beat less than two months later. Yep. By a cis 
transgender female who got out there and trained and said, motherfucker, try me. And she trained harder than Leah Thomas, and she beat her. Leah Thomas is not dominating in anything. She's not winning all her races. She's not going out there and winning everything. Because her skeletal skeletal structure may be one thing, but her musculature does not hold up to that. Yeah. Okay? And so Riley What's-Her-Face is going around. She rage quit the sport and is going around whining about how it's not fair that biological men are being allowed to, to race against biological women. My contention is women should be able to compete with men regardless. And if you cannot compete with men in your same weight category, in your same agility category, then don't compete. I mean, it, it wasn't a problem if they tied for fourth. I don't remember hearing any bitching from the people, the women that finished first, second, third bitching about him being there. I mean, come on. I apologize about for her being there. I mean, come on. Exactly. Just the one that tied she didn't, or didn't beat her. She didn't take a medal away from anybody. She finished fourth. She didn't win a medal in that race. Exactly. Exactly. So it is my contention that biological men should absolutely be allowed to compete with biological women. Provided that their estrogen levels are the same, they have been on estrogen for at least two years to make sure that their that their estrogen levels are roughly the same, and that their testosterone levels are not to the point where they're giving them an advantage, which is what the IOC, the Olympics Committee, has said is okay. Because if biological men, transgender women, were dominating the sport. Transgender women have been allowed to compete in the Olympics for the last 10 years. You would see nothing but transgender women winning medals. And that's not what you see. Yeah. You see Simone Biles winning medals. Because I don't think because there's even a guy fucking on a, good. Even a man on the planet would be like, hey, you're going to go with Simone Biles. Yeah, but I just hurt my back. I don't think I'm going to be able to compete tomorrow. Yeah, no. <laughs> She is the goat. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm talking men or women. She is the goat. She has won more medals than anybody else in in Olympic history. She won more medals. Uh, in gymnastics. Oh, in gymnastics. Okay. Michael Phelps is a fucking freak of nature. I hate to break it to you people that are listening to this podcast two hours and thirty minutes in. Holy shit! Really. So, if you're still listening at this point, I hate to break it to you. Sports is inherently unfair. I can't compete with a six-foot-tall woman in basketball. Because there's natural abilities. Exactly. That's what I add. LeBron James is a freak of nature. Yeah. He is a freak of nature. Michael Phelps, built in a lab to be a swimmer. Freak of nature. And no biological man can ever compete with him. I mean, he is I, too fucking good. I remember growing up. Now, I can't remember if this was... I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in summer leagues. But there were parents from opposing teams that complained and bitched and said it wasn't fair 
that I pitched as often as I did because it wasn't fair to the other kids on the other teams when I pitched. Mm-hmm. Because they knew they weren't going to... Their chances of winning was very slim. Mm-hmm. Because it, that I, I just... Too dominating. I, I overpowered everybody. And so... Because when you go to a little school like I did, you had the guys that played baseball in school. Then you had the ones that came to out and played during the summer leagues. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that weren't going to be on the varsity mm-hmm. baseball team for the school. Weren't going to happen. You know, they weren't going to be there. And so they were. They would have been bench riders, uh-huh. or we called ass backers. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? No. Get your ass back on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those kids would come out during the summers and it was their parents that were complaining that I pitched too much. It always wasn't fair. You know, that, that gave that team an unfair advantage. Now, Grant, I think that was also, that was summer leagues. That was in the 13-14 uh, year league is when it first started happening. Because my second year in that league, that was not fair. <laughs> it really wasn't. Because back then, when they had tryouts, mm-hmm. you weren't really trying out to be on a team. Mm-hmm. Okay, every kid that signed up was going to be on a team. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't like, oh my God, you're so horrible, you're not going anywhere, you're not allowed to play. But what they did, they gave the coaches points. Said mm. you can have so many points to bid on a player if you want that player. Mm-hmm. Like if you had 200 points that you were allowed, you really wanted this player, you bid 100 points on him. Well, if you won and the next player is really, really good, you've only got 100 points left. Somebody else wants to bid 101, you're screwed. You don't get that player. Mm-hmm. And then when you run out of points, you know, you're going through each coach picking. You you only you have to pick in order at that point. Mm-hmm. You don't get to do anything else, mm-hmm. right? Well, a coach that we had in little leagues a couple years before that was our coach again this year, that year, right? My second year mm-hmm. in this league. And my cousin and I went to him and told him, well, there were several players that were new to the area that a lot of these other summer league coaches didn't know about, right? We knew them, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. We told them, hey, when tryouts happen on this Saturday, don't go. Do not show up. I'm like, what do you mean, man? We got to show up so that we can, you know, they can see how good we are and stuff. Don't fucking go, right? Trust us, don't go. So when the tryouts happened that day, my cousin and I, we went to tryouts. We were already on the team. We already knew what team we were on. And another guy, we already knew he was on our team because the coach was his dad. Mm-hmm. Coach's sons always play on their dad's team. Oh, of course, always. But now, granted, this coach's son actually deserved to be on the field because he was good. Mm-hmm. And we asked him to look at our at the roster. And we, we, were, telling, we were telling Coach, I don't want to say his name, we started marking names on the list. All these guys 
you need to get them. And they're like, and he was telling us, but why would I want to spend my points on these guys? They're not here. And we're like, just do it. Because we told him not to come. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what? We told him not to come, but trust us, get these guys. Nobody, and nobody knows them. So you see these coaches, they're not going to spend, that's just going to be the names that people are just, all right, just give me that guy or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. at the end, right? Or they just start get, kind of getting divvied out at the end. Well, you've only got 12, they've got 15, so we're going to give these three to you so you both got 15 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So we told them not to come. Coach ends up spending a few points here and there to get these guys, right? When the season was over with that year, our starting nine players – Pitcher, catcher, first, second, short, third, left, center, right. The all-star team that was selected that year. Mm-hmm. Was those guys. Was our starting nine players. <laughs> Everyone else that made the all-star team that year that came from other teams were all backup players. Oh, shit. We had the starting nine on our team. And then, of course, we had one guy that may not have, didn't really need to be on an all-star team because he was horrible and couldn't play, but he was my best friend. And I told my coach, if you don't get him on the all-star team, I'm not playing. <laughs> and I will never, ever forget the look on his face and his mother's face when they called his name out for the all-star team. They had no idea why. He, nobody knew. It, it, only people that knew that he was going to be on the team mm-hmm. was me and our coach. And now our coach was the all-star coach because the the, t- the coach of the first-place team was mm-hmm. the coach of the all-star team, right? Mm-hmm. And so I knew and he knew. Some of the other coaches knew, but nobody else. Every, even the guys on our team that were there were just confused as hell of why the hell this guy was selected. And it was because you told him he had to be on there. And I told Coach, if he's not on there, he's my best fucking – now, granted, he's not that good. Didn't didn't really – his playing ability should have not have gotten him on there. Mm-hmm. I said, but how many practices did he miss? None. Mm-hmm. How many games did he miss? None. The few times he actually got out there to play – did he play like he never got a chance to play, or did he play like he was out there every fucking day? Mm-hmm. He acted like he belonged every time he got out there. He he did his best. Mm-hmm. So he's on there, or I'm not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that to this day. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Well, I could probably say it now because, no. Okay. He was our starting first baseman. Okay. It was Brent Roach. Oh, really? I met Brent. He's a nice guy. He was my he was my best friend for a few years. I lived right down the road from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a lot of trouble together. <laughs> we might or may not talk about that later. <laughs> but he got on the All-Star team because I put him on there. Mm-hmm. Now, I can say that because I know he's never going to hear this podcast. And he may not care at this point now, knowing you now or not. I don't know. But... It made it worth it seeing the look on his mother's face. Mm -hmm. And she was surprised. And Mm -hmm. I remember telling my mother, make sure you're sitting next to Miss Beverly 
mm-hmm. during this all-star stuff. She's like, why? Trust me. Mm-hmm. Lots of people out there. When his name was called, <laughs> Miss Beverly was the only one I heard. Mm-hmm. And then we actually had to tell Brent to get up and go because he was just completely fucking confused. <laughs> and of course, a lot of other people too. But my cousin that was there, I told him, kind of tapped him on the shoulder and said, watch this. He's like, what? Like, Just watch. Watch who they call right now. They have, I know one name they haven't called yet, but watch. And when they called him, everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> he never started a game the whole year. But, you know, he was a good guy. And, and he busts his ass busts every his ass. fucking day. Yeah. Never complain. And sometimes you need to reward. Dedication. Dedication. Because honestly, it's not always ability that should be rewarded. It should be also dedication. So in this world today, in our capitalist in our capitalist society, we don't have a meritocracy. We don't have the people who work the hardest that get rewarded the best. Sometimes it's nice to reward those people that work their asses off mm-hmm. with a little bit of a little bit of something. And that was something that. I was able to do because of my abilities. Mm-hmm. I used my abilities and my dedication to. It's like it's like the the analogy you used the other day was something. I don't remember what it was because I don't want to get into another long story because we've gone way too long. We have. But about you crawling up that ladder and that person that pulled that ladder up with them mm-hmm. to make sure nobody else went up there with them. Yeah. That gave me an opportunity to say, hey, I've climbed up here, but let me stop right here, reach down, grab you by the hand. And help you up with I'm me. pulling you with me, motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah. We're in this together. Yeah. Because where I go, you're fucking going. Because other than my immediate family, and even to this day, I would put my life... And you know I haven't said this about many people. Mm-mm. I've said it about Randy Fisher. I've said it about Julio Ariano. Mm-hmm. And, pro- Julio. and I'll probably even say this about Miguel Sanford. Yeah. Who still lives in Texas. Other than family, those are three guys. Four counting Brent. That beyond the shadow of a doubt. I would entrust the lives of myself, my wife, or any of my kids. If I ever had to say, hey, there's some shit going down. I got to go take care of it. It may boil back. I need you to take care of my wife or my kids. Now, see, for me. All four of those guys would not let a fucking thing happen to any of you. And there's the only four other than immediate family that I would trust to do that. For me, that's Austin. Austin. Yeah. For now me, see, he's awesome. a guy that I don't know all that well. He's been he's been my friend, best friend since I was nineteen years old. But he's a guy right now that I would tell you that if he ever called and said, "Hey, I need help," we would find something to do with those kids, and you and I would go. Because mm-hmm. I would go, yeah, in a heartbeat to do whatever I needed to do. I have, Do I need to bring the duct tape and the rug and the shovel? You let me know. I have been friends with Austin since I was 19 and since he was 16. And he is the one person, aside from you, that if he was to call me at 2 a.m. and say, drop everything, I need you. 
that would be it. That's all he's had to say. I mean, now, now, I have another you. friend I would do that for, and I've never fucking met him. And you know who I'm talking about. Cardboard. Cardboard. If he called me tomorrow and said, I have a situation, I know you've never been here, but I'm looking for help. I'm Anybody I can find, can you be here? I would call work and say, hey, I'm going to take a road trip. I'll be back as soon as I can. I would hop in the fucking truck the second I hung up the phone, mm-hmm. and I would be driving to fucking Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Wherever in Pennsylvania he is, I don't even fucking know. I keep asking him his talent, but I keep forgetting. And he'll hear this, and we'll get on Xbox the next couple of days, and he'll tell me. Dude, well, I've already hopefully, told you. if he's listened to this, he may not this still be listening. He like probably already two, gave up by now. Almost three fucking hours. This of is a, a podcast. Sh- this is not a podcast. This is a show at this fucking point. <laughs> but, um, and it's funny because like some of these shows I hear on on TV on on, on the radio, it was like a four hour show. I'm like, how the fuck do they talk about shit for four hours? But here we are. They get drunk and they talk about they, it. That's apparently, what they do. <laughs> but uh, he, he's one. That I, uh, a person I've never met, mm-hmm. that I would drop everything to go help with if he needed something. Mm-hmm. Be, and I wouldn't hesitate. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, Eric is another person I would probably do that for. Oh, absolutely. And, and I wouldn't let you go alone. Yeah. If he needed something, you, you, you goddamn right, I'd be there to help him. Yeah. Because he is a good dude. He's a good guy. He is an absolute I've met him guy. once, and I immediately liked him. Now, granted, I was already going into it with Knowing a certain how mindset, how you him. felt about him. Yeah. And if you liked him for who he was, that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Even our kids liked him. Yeah, he's a good guy. You know? He's a good guy. And so I hope we get to meet up with him again one day. But he's an, yeah, he's a friend. Now, now I, like I said, I was just talking about people I've never even fucking actually met. Other than yeah. just straight up friends. But cardboard is definitely one. Yeah, if you they, need me to bring the shovel and the and the duct tape and the rug that we need to go bury <laughs> in the woods in Minecraft. I'll stop at the hardware store and the rug store. I deliver to rug stores. I know where to go. And we'll we'll pay in cash to make sure there's no. Credit card receipts. Yeah. I'll turn off the uh, location services on my phone so they can't prove that I drove to Pennsylvania. Whatever I got to do, I can get there. Yeah. I know if I just keep driving north and if and I get east, to P- east-ish. get to Pennsylvania and then start heading east, I'll eventually get to you. <laughs> I need to turn my location service off. I, I can get there. Trust me. I'll bust out a road map. I know how to read one. I can get there. Yeah, I'm of the uh, I'm of the last generation that knows how to read road maps. <laughs> Well, when I went through CDL school, they required us to be able to read yeah. them. We had map days where you had to like figure out how long it would take. We need to pull this to a close. We are two hours and 46 minutes into this. But we're going, we're having fun. I know, we're having so much fun. <laughs> this goes back to our whole rabbit trail. We get down shit and just start talking and keep going. I know. Now, so like, and it's funny because when we, when we talked about politics, it was mostly you. Because I don't keep up with that shit as much because mm-hmm. it fucking frustrates me. Well, it's it's terrible for my mental health but i don't know how not to be plugged in you know what i mean oh speaking of plugged in this is something i do want to mention before we get off uh a tiktok i saw i mm-hmm. told you about it big old burly guy bald beard like me talked about hey if you ever see me in public i want you to know that i'm a safe place if you're in this lgbt community mm-hmm if you're a transgender man, 
and you're afraid to go in the bathroom with other men because you think something's going to happen to you. You see me, is what this guy said. You say, hey, I'm feeling a little nervous. you mind going with me? I will go in there with you, stand behind you, and make damn sure nobody fucks with you. Mm-hmm. If you're a transgender woman and you need to go to the bathroom and you're feeling nervous that somebody's watching you and they think they're going to attack you. Now, Grant, I will not go in the bathroom with you, but I will stand at that door and make damn sure not a fucking person goes in there to mess with you while you're there. Well, if I'm there, I will go into the bathroom with you. Right. But, and and I will make saying, sure that nobody fucks with you. Saying, I am that person. And the reason I want to bring this up is because I still don't even want you to look at it. Somebody made a comment on this that said that there is buttons that you can order from Amazon that says something about I am a safe space. And it's to let people in this community know that if they are out in public and they are starting to feel threatened and they see somebody with this button on their shirt that says, I'm a safe space, that that person knows that they can go to this man or to this woman or to this person that's wearing this button and then that person is an ally and they will help you. Mm-hmm. They will be there to make sure you stay safe. I'm mentioning that because I want some of these buttons and if i can get them every fucking time i go out in public you're damn right i'm gonna have that sucker on mm-hmm. and if somebody sees me and they're feeling like they're being watched or they're being threatened in any way and they're afraid to go to the bathroom they can come up and say hey i see your button i know what it stands for would you mind walking over here with me and the thing is i will go with you And I will do everything I am capable and able to do to make sure nobody fucks with you. And the thing is, you're the kind of person that nobody would fuck with. Because you are six foot three, you have a bald head, you have a goatee, you look like an asshole. I have tattoos. You have tattoos. You look like an absolute ass. And if anybody fucks with you, you're going to beat them down. That's that's, that's, That's what you give off. And if you are a safe space for these LGBT, LGBT people who need to use the restroom, I guarantee you nobody will fuck with you. I will stand at that door, and if somebody tries to go in, I'm sorry. If they get to you, that means they went through me. Yeah. And there better be fucking more than one of them. Yeah. And just so if anybody's listening to this and hear it, um, Cricket found those on Amazon. They have a pride flag on them in the background, and it says safe space. I'm going to get her to, well, we'll discuss finances. <laughs> We're going to order me some of those. They're $4. We're going to order me some of those. And if we have any extras, anybody listening want one, you have all the ways to contact Cricket on social media. Get with her. Send her an address. I will buy them for you. I will buy you one. I will ship you one. And if you find somebody else that wants one, I will buy you one, ship you one. You can give it to them. And I have gotten to the point now where I don't fucking care. You know, my second job over at the rental car place, I wear two badges on my shirt. 
yeah. at all times. Mm-hmm. And one of them says 100% LGBT, and the other one is a pride flag. Yep. And I have gotten some weird looks, because I've noticed people look at that, and they look at me, and they're like, hmm. But I've also gotten some people that say, I love that, I love that button you got. That's why I like when I'm out and poke, because I, and this sounds, I don't know, horrible to say this, whatever, but I have the look of someone that would not be an ally. Yes. But that makes you an even better ally when you're wearing one of those fucking pins. So, it, and I get looks sometimes when I see someone with a pride shirt or a pride flag button or even like some kind of pride tattoo or anything. Mm-hmm. I make a point to stop and say, hey, I like your shirt. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like that button. Where'd you get that? I would like one. My child would like one. My wife would like one. I know people would like one. Where could I get one of those? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it really, some people are really receptive. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you can get it here. I got it here. I got it here. And some of them kind of look at me strange at first. Because you know the whole, the You're initial, judging a, birth, the, a book off its cover. The, the initial judgment you have off somebody is based you, off of their looks. You look like a Trump supporter. I'm sorry. You exactly. Because you're a white guy And I guy look like a, a fucking goatee. racist. You look like a racist. Because I've had truck drivers come up to me and start talking racist when I was OTR. And they looked at me like I was a fucking weirdo when I told them to shut the fuck up and don't talk like that around me. I'm going to fucking hurt them. Mm-hmm. But I, I have that look. And so it... I can tell there's times when it catches people off guard. Mm-hmm. So if it's like a woman that's by herself in a store, I will be hesitant to say something to her because I don't want her to feel nervous. Mm-hmm. But like, especially like if there's a couple, like a man and a woman somewhere, and I see one of them wearing, like especially if it's the woman, I will say, hey, I don't, sorry to bother you, but I saw your shirt, I saw your button. I like that. Thank mm-hmm. you. I have friends and family that's, that that represents. So thank you for not being afraid to wear that. And, I, and I've had people that have come up to me in the car rental place. Like I had a girl the other day that was wearing a watch with a rainbow on it. And I said, hey, I like your watch. Does that stand for what I think she st- what I think it stands for? She goes, you mean gay rights? I said, yeah. She said, yes, it absolutely does. I said, good, because I do too. Mm-hmm. You you got to be willing to put yourself out there. You got to be willing, even in a red well, state like Arkansas. Well, it's like we've said before, like with racism. And I've I've had white people try but, to drag but, me into the racism. Exactly, but it's going to sound bad to say this at first, but black people can bitch and moan and complain all they want to. It's not going to end racism. Mm-mm. It's not. BOL movement. It's not going to stop. Well, the black members of this is not going to stop it. It takes people from the group of people that are the racists mm-hmm. to stand up and stop it. Well, That's why if I'm somewhere and I hear something, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a real confrontational person. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten to the point in my life that when I hear something... I say something. Mm-hmm. Well, I make sure they know that at least me, 
I'm not okay with that. Power is not given. Power is taken. And white people have taken power away from minorities. Mm -hmm. And the only people who can give that power back is the white people. Mm-hmm. That's just like and when women got us, the right to vote. It's up to us as white people to to leverage our privilege against other white people to say this is not okay. And I'm speaking on behalf of my black brothers and sisters, my LGBT brothers and sisters. My I'm bisexual. I'm part of that. I'm part of that group. But it is up to me to leverage my white privilege to say. I am speaking up for these people who don't have a voice, who you won't listen to. You'll listen to me because I'm white Mm -hmm. and because I appear to be the thing that you are. You'll listen to me. I think that's why it makes it such an impact when people that their appearance resembles mine Mm -hmm. stand up and speak out because it draws attention. Mm -hmm. Because it's not something you expect. They don't expect. and And I know that. Mm-hmm. I know by the way I look, it's not what people you, expect from me. You are insanely powerful. <coughs> it is up to you to use your voice and to use that power on behalf of the people who don't have the power. Yep. And that and that's and honestly that's what we're trying to do in this little red state that we're in. I have um I've signed up with uh, Planned Parenthood. I don't know if I told you this or not. I know we were talking about trying to figure out a way to do it and I so said I'm all on board and let's go. I signed up with Planned Parenthood. And I've got a um, meeting that I have to go to on the 1st where they teach you how to be an advocate for Planned Parenthood. And I want to become a clinic, um, a clinic escort. So I'm going to, hopefully, if if they do stuff like this, I'm going to go up to Planned Parenthood on Saturdays when I have time. And I'm going to, we're going to make time, four or five hours on Saturday mornings. And we're going to go up there and we're going to escort people into the clinics so that they can get the care that they need. And we're going to go up against these fundamentalist Christian assholes who are trying to stop people from living life the way that they need to live it. And we're going to leverage our power as white people in Arkansas. But see, the thing is, the people that are out there basically doing this bullying, they're expecting to get this woman coming out of this car that they know is going to be by herself mm-hmm. make and it makes them feel powerful to bully her to bully her and when this woman gets out of this car it's going to change what they say and how they act if you and I walk up to that car and say ma'am come with me mm-hmm and we get if there's our, a crowd there for some reason, you get behind me, she'll be behind you. Mm-hmm. I will get you through that crowd. Yeah, don't worry, I got you. I got you. I'm there. I'm leveraging my power, what little I have, on your behalf. Because I know, I know you don't have as much power as you would like to have, but I'm going to give you some of my power, and we're going to get you where you need to be. Yep. I think that, that's a good thing to end on. Yeah, I think that's a real good thing to end on. And we're three hours in. Holy shit, if you have made it this far, my God. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure like the people that I know that listen, like Cardboard and Matt. Maybe Matt. Oh, Matt is like, when we went two weeks without making one, he actually joined a party on Xbox one night and said, Bro, 
<laughs> What's up with the podcast, man? I hadn't shit listening to it. It may take you a few days to, to actually listen to this whole thing because it's been a weird ride here. We've gone all over the place. But thank you. But uh, we will be back next week. And you can reach us on all the socials, uh, Cricket Shea or Cricket Shea 1, whichever one. Uh, don't forget Cricket the pins Shea. if you need one. Don't let forget, me know. Don't forget the pins. We will buy you pins and we will email you. Uh, we will mail you pins. And I think that's a good place to end it on. Yep. Love you. Bye.